Blog Talk Radio. Scientific breakthroughs, the unveilings, spiritual revelations, the openings. That's fine. Hijacking the mind. What? Aluminum bonds with intelligence. Rewind the message. Merry Christmas. 13 indigenous immigrants. State of the unison. Addressing nothing. Foundations can ruin. Level to level. Fuck the embezzlement. Tales from the crib. Hitting blood rituals. 50 scores flying over California. Vacation. Flying dragons. Swords and daggers. Lions and tigers. Gotta get my parents or parish raw flesh, vampire, vegetarian, I'm a malnutrition, chemically imbalanced, Ethiopian, in Helen Kush, blue projects get pushed, mold with the bush, standing on the middle line, no defining, swirling dervish, in between space and time, just a fix Tuesday, another news day, north, east, west, south, west, not here to confuse the day, just a fuse the way, uh, another Whether you suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees, come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted.
You know what I'm saying? And it's a tag, some of it, but I'm, I'm going to go over it when I actually want to do it because it's a, uh, one of the main um, meditations or one of the main exercises is a walking exercise, walking exercise work as well, but one of the main ones is um, a sitting meditation where it's going to be a 21-day process and um, to actually reprogram your DNA or reprogram your genes to where you are no longer participating with certain um, lower vibrationary energies that we have um, become accustomed to, like I said, and have accumulated over time that may hinder that may hinder our path towards uh, self-realization or towards becoming our true self. And that's uh, in, in the comedic sense, that would be Osor or the higher self, you know, saying the, the intelligence within. But first and foremost, we're going to go over a few tips and tricks. You know, we've got to get the tips and tricks in. We have a little, and then we go into uh, the actual discourse on on uh, it didn't happen. It almost didn't happen tonight with this blog talk. I was all over the place a little bit, but the 10 over 4, so I pushed it to 9 in place of uh, coming in at 7. God, I was you know, born. Who came in on the born? I was a little bit after that, but oh no, God born. You think God's born? God's here. The Nagas are hell. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Always been here. You know, so we're going to get into a little tips and tricks on proper, um, proper cultivation and balancing of the life force energy. I'm going to be coming out of the Metaneta or Mathu Nethia by Raun Nethra I mean tonight a little bit, a little something, something underneath, you know what I'm saying, a little something. But, um, ooh, because it um, really assisted me. It helped me, you know, and I know it has helped a few other brothers and sisters out here in their quest for knowledge itself as well as opening up those uh, faculties with itself that are somewhat dormant and innate, you know what I'm saying, those higher abilities to be able to move in accordance to one's true uh, self and inherit those true treasures that are locked within. Then that gives me, that speaking on treasures, I, I didn't, it wasn't even going to be a part of the night's discussion, but I had a dream, I had a dream. Well, here, here we go. Now, I had a dream the other night, and my little pops came to it again, came through the um, the astral, once, I mean, through the subconscious, once again, in the sleep state. And in the netherworld, he, uh, the dream was like this. Um, I was at my, I was with a couple people who was outside during the day, because I recall that the sun was just coming up towards the east. And uh, he was standing outside behind my mom's house. We went to it. My grandma's house. And he pointed at the sun. He said, "When um, Sirius A and Sirius B is right here, and in conjunction with the sun, he said, look at these rocks. And wherever the Sirius A and Sirius B is, that's where your treasure. That's where the treasure will be inside of the temple." I said, "Tell." In the dream, I kept saying "Tep" over and over, and I'm like, "Tep? Why that nigga say Tep? You know, I mean, you know, when we go to the dream state, we only take the information from the waking state 
or whatever is going on in the physical reality, we take that to the sleep state, to the dream state. So my conscious mind took, you know, the word temp and also series A, series B, and the sun and all that, the information here into the dream state so the ancestors or the intelligence within will give me some type of conclusion about a question that I may have um, posted or, or, or something that's persistent within my conscious mind that may be causing stress or tension. You know, so that I, I wasn't, uh, I may not have readily been uh, attentive of. So he said, Tep, and then, you know, and then I didn't even think about Tep, but, you know, Tep is uh, Ethiopian grain. They're, they make, like, bread. So we make bread out of it. I got Tep in the cabinet where I, I use as, uh, as flour or whatnot, you know what I'm saying? When, whenever I sometimes I just eat it out the bag, it's a good thing. All right, but, um, so I was like, okay, well, tell, you know, that's the smallest grain, you know what I'm saying, on uh, the planet, as far as grains are concerned, that's the smallest, most minute grain. So it's very, very fine and very small. So I was like, what does this mean, you know, tell? You find it, your treasure within the tell. So, you know, what I gathered from it is basically we look for our treasure to be something grand and um, something so um, grandiose, something so large and and so big that sometimes we miss the true hidden um, analysis, if you will, of what the treasure is. We don't even see the intelligence or the spirit within it because we're looking for this physical treasure and not the treasure that um, created or, or formed the physical presence of that treasure. So that, you know, like uh, we, we have spoken on before, spiritualize everything to uh, Valentine mentions. So by, by doing that, basically I, what I'm gathering is that rock holds the, the grain, holds the tip. He said it was. He said when Series A and Series B is in conjunction with the sun, then we'll then you will see your tef within. You'll see the treasure within the tef in the rock. It will be right there in the rock, and you'll find the treasure, and it will be in the tef. I'm like that's a lot of moving and rocks and stuff and all that. And I'm like, well, okay. So basically, saying that that first thing, that hidden intelligence, the hidden light, the you know the infinite, immortal, eternal, hidden light of the intelligence is the test, basically, and that's what formulates and creates or transfers the energy, basically. That is the opening. That's the vortex. That's that black hole. That's the wormhole that brings everything to this side. You know what I'm saying? So series A, series B, in conjunction with the sun, ah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So this was a dream last week. You know, and then today, or through the week, like I said, I almost didn't. I wasn't going to do that, so it did. It didn't happen. It just almost didn't happen. But that dream enlightened me as well as a statement that um, me and one of my sisters was having over the phone a couple of days ago. She she writes poems. Her name is Gabrielle. Give thanks to that sister. The poem was actually just a one-liner, and it, it's deep. It's it just, I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's how, yeah, that's the black water, that's the uh, deep abyss right there, the 
the black waters of, of mother right there, you know what I'm saying, speaking her true intelligence. What she stated is the complexity of something so simple lurks in the words letting go. I said to my five thousand dollar about I said, let go. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, simple yet complex. It's very simple to say it, yet it's complex to do it, and it's very simple to do it. Sometimes it's hard to say it, but the statement is the complexity of something so simple in the drawing part of the complexity of something so simple lurks in the word letting go. Sometimes we have a hard time with letting go of certain functions or certain activities in our life. I know I have and still do. Sometimes I overeat. Sometimes I overindulge in topics. Sometimes I I might scratch my face too much. So, you know, sometimes I might want to do certain things outside of myself, you know what I'm saying, and I might not even notice that I'm doing it. But it's the actual feeling or what I, what's generated through that sense apparatus that causes me to always go back to it. And that memory enhancement through the whatever I have acquired through the first time, I want to go back and, uh, you know, try to please myself with that scratching on my nose or picking that bosom, you know, getting that wax out of my ear. You know how some people put their finger in their ear and they start doing that <laughs> with their throat? That's one of those things, you know what I'm saying? Those are one of those functions that, you know, it's a part of my personality, yet still it's just something that I originated with in my indwelling self. It's something that I came out of zero time with. So going back to that that tip, that grain, the tip would also be symbolic of, like I said, that black hole. But that black hole or that dot is the indwelling intelligence. And indwelling intelligence in the emotional level or the emotional um, personification of the physical reality is that zero or null. So that will mean it's unconditioned. It has no um it has no conditioning or it has no learnt behavior that has formed the personality as of yet. So that indwelling intelligence is also the first cell. As we uh, go through life, sometimes we forget that we develop this whole structure from one cell into seventy six trillion. And that is the statement that is passed through naturopathy that the um, intelligence that created the body never left the body is also in chiropractic. Um, I think that they say that as well, but the intelligence that developed this physical body never abandoned the physical body. And that's that, that grain, you know what I'm saying, that seed, that seed to the fire, like we were speaking on last week. That seed is the most primordial dot or point of our um, being. And it's a it's an actual vortex of energy. That's why I threw that on the slideshow where you see the chromosome, and then you have osur, and then you have um um that's a picture of osur or a picture of a the mummified version of osur in the um, sarcophagus. So this X with the flail and the crook, meaning the flail and the crook is meaning to uh tame one's lower self and bring that energy up to the higher self by um by grabbing it with the the um crook, the shepherd's crook, and then by also by using the flail to tame it. So we we tame it first with the flail, that lower self or the animal nature, the reptilian brain, the mammalian brain, and then we bring it back up 
to the neocortex or to the cerebrum, the frontal lobes where our logic and our uh, creative imaginative forces are and how we are now, you know, elevating upwards, outwards into the realms of um, our higher selves, which is not local, you know what I'm saying? It's not physical. It's not pertaining to a physical reality. As, you know, as all, um, if you will, holographic expressions, remember hologram mean, meaning, um, uh, it means whole text or the whole word or holy word or helios bibelos, which means the holy book or the holy text, and also it can go into hologram or also medunetir. So the holy book or the holy word is metunetir. Metunetir, medu meaning word, and netir meaning divine or holy or sacred. So the hologram can also be uh, described as or can be transformed to, remember, metaphysical language is, the retransformation of words. So we have to use etymology sometimes to break down these words so it's not just what we're looking at in the holographic expression of this side of the universe in the scene or the local. So hologram can break down to to holy uh, gram or holy book, which can, or holy Bible for that matter, and that can break down to Helios Bibelos, which means fun book, but also to metrometra, which means um, the divine script. So that divine script is somewhat fragmented. Like the good sister uh, Mother Ma'at said, we are under a fragmented blanket right now. And that fragmented blanket can cause tension within our, um, our physical body due to the fact of those uh, emotional attachments that have been formed through the personality as we go through the day-to-day and, and our personification of that emotional um that emotional attachment can cause that tension to build up and then form into something that may not be uh, what we really uh, want at that given moment. You know what I'm saying? So like the five, um, fusion of the five elements and transforming the emotions is very valuable in our walk as well because you can change that emotion to something higher and and be able to deal with it a little bit better. So that, that dream went through somewhat what we're going to be talking about tonight in our uh, in our correspondence. So, you know, so that TEF is, again, the black hole is formulating our treasure. You, so we'll find the treasure within the rock, the physical body, you know what I'm saying? And that treasure is the TEF. That TEF is a small grain. It's, all, it's unseen almost. So it's the unseen reality of our treasure. How do we get to that unseen reality? We have to take away the blockages. And the blockages is the, the conditioned emotions, basically. So what we're going to do tonight after we speak on uh, different uh, detoxes and different ways to balance and cultivate the life force energy, we're going to go into um, some childhood regression type of uh, meditation to where we can go back to certain areas in our life where certain things may have been introduced to us that may have been traumatic that causes certain emotional reactions that we might not be conscious of um, physically. Okay? All right, so, okay, we're going to go into these tips and tricks real quick on um, how to regulate, well, you know, absorb, obtain, and um, cultivate. 
So getting a good essence in food, water, and air, getting a good high vitality of energy in, then, you know, retaining it, let, you know, keeping it in, that means, you know, not exerting too much energy outwardly and then cultivating it. So this is, uh, like I said, I, I, I almost ended up, I just put some, I already had the topic on my mind, but it's been a good, nice couple of weeks. I've been uh, branching out a little bit more here. It's the fruition of spring, I guess, and, um, you know, we plant those seeds in autumn to see what's going to pop in spring, you know what I'm saying? We plant them year to year in the, in the cycle or in the circadian, circadian or whatnot of our, of our life. So, you know, sometimes the seed might be a Monsanto seed, one of them terminator seeds, and when it grows, it might not be, you know, what we really want. Sometimes that seed might be a, one of those uh, heirloom seeds, you know what I'm saying? That's what we want, of course. We want their heirloom. We want their original seed. They ain't got none of that other junk popping off. So when it does show its face or the fruition comes through that portal, that, you know what I'm saying, that, that vortex, then what we are gaining is the abundance and prosperity, peace, prosperity, protection, and good health, you know what I mean, that we were looking for. And that's, uh, you know, that's in letting go. You know, so good thanks to the sister Gabrielle for that for that poem again. I'm gonna read it once more because it um thank you. Because it really relates to tonight's discussion. That and that right there gave me more inspiration and motivation. Yes, Pete, I appreciate it. That gave me more inspiration and motivation to um go ahead with this topic and to push it to nine. Because when she said it over the phone, I was like, hold on, what are you saying? And then I, I called her, I was like, well, actually, I texted her yesterday, and I was you think I could use that? Not really use it like that, but express it. I couldn't express it the way she did, because it's her, but all of us have the same, the same type of question in our mind, and how do, or some type of situation that's going in our life that has uh, took place, taken place in our life that may cause us to reintroduce it on a day-to-day. So when she said it, I was like, that makes so much sense, and it can help a lot. And she is a, a writer and a, a poet, so she's been writing poems and whatnot for a while, and I she needs to put it out there. Her name is Gabrielle, but this is how it went again. The complexity of something so simple lurks in the words, letting go. So that's a very complex yet simple statement, and it's a very complex yet simple activity to do, let it go. So let's do let's go through the tips and tricks real quick. Um well not real quick. Actually it's gonna take a few minutes, but I you know, what we got Lord, like forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh when the teacher master teacher mixed to me once. Like, what do we got? Look, we got like what? Forever? It's awful. Squint my eyes a little bit earlier. Get thanks though. Thank you. Um, all right, so secrets of vitality. How do we um obtain, retain, and cultivate the vitality properly without it seeping out through um our day in our day to day activities? So one of the primary 
um, means for assimilating our vitality or life force energy, chi, prana, ra, through um, it's by um, experiencing high vitality or it's through um, foods or lucid foods, basically. You know, so that means foods that give you clear thoughts and breath and calmness of mind. So, you know what I'm saying, that those three aspects, these are three best ways of, of and secrets of vitality. It's the three secrets of vitality. This is in um, the book uh, Comedic Diet by Mwata Ashby, Dr. Mwata Ashby. All right, so high-quality organic foods, fresh, um, primarily uncooked foods, 80%, 50 to 80% uncooked foods through the day is the best way to receive uh, the essence or the life force energy through our solid foods because they have the highest enzyme content and thereby facilitate digestive process. And that's the correct digestive process. That doesn't mean three times a week. That means once a day, more or less. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, if it's always going in, it needs to be always kind of going out. You know what I'm saying? So regularly in means regular out. I um, All of the metabolic processes in our body are enzyme dependent. If we eat cooked food, that's dead. There's no live enzymes in it. Even with vegetables, if we overcook our vegetables, if we put our vegetables on high and or if we cook it on five, it doesn't matter like if it's on mid, but we don't put the top on it. I mean, if we put the top or the lid all the way on it, then the enzymes are going to eventually die out. They're going to be crushed. You, and y'all know the math. If not, um, start. we started on high just to get the bubble up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Then we turn it all the way down to low and then put a little crack, a little crease right there on the top of the on the top of the pot. You know what I'm saying? So put a little crease right there so the air come in there but the it will and it stays cool. If we cook our vegetables at a temperature of over a hundred I think it's a hundred and like hundred eighteen, something like that, then it kills off all the, the live enzymes. So digestion won't occur and also it's killing off all, most of the uh, vitamins and nutrients. I mean, the nutrients and uh, the minerals that are available in those vegetables. So cook the food. If it's, you're going to cook vegetables or whatnot, um, cook it at, at a temperature that's low, simmer. Put it on high to get the water bubbling, and then turn it down to simmer, put the top on it, and let it crack, you know, at the top. Put that little, put that little space in between, okay? Um, uh, the body has to work harder to produce those digestive enzymes in order to properly assimilate the food when it's overcooked or when we're eating those, like, uh, uh, you know, stuff that's cooked in, in general, hamburgers, pizzas, uh, and that's meat, too, that's dead, so it has no active enzymes within it. You know, we can do other things like digestive enzymes, probiotics, uh, muscle dipolis, you know what I'm saying? Big word right there. But we're um, getting that friendly... Um, bacteria that flora active within the um, lower gut can help introduce that as well. You know what I'm saying? Remember the 
signs of uh, the first signs of immunity uh, deficiency is a flawed uh, digestive um, evacuation. So once we notice that we're not properly evacuating or we're constipated or even IBS in the opposite of that where we have diarrhea, you know, on a, on a chronic type of basis, then there's something going on within our body. And that will show also in our external um, manifestations as, as in the physical reality. So remember to evacuate, to learn to evacuate properly by taking in uh, live food. So that's like fruits and vegetables that haven't been um, cooked throughout the Throughout the day, basically 50 to 80 percent of our diet should consist of raw food, so we can get that life force energy in there properly. Because remember, vegetables and fruits have the highest enzyme content, but if it's overcooked, then it's, it's dead just like that meat. All right. So um, that's also one of the one of the reasons that we also have um different ailments like uh, heart failure, liver failure, you know, pancreatic type of diseases, uterine problems, stuff like that, um, prostate problems, because the body's trying to get or flush those, uh, that that dead um, type of um, food that has not been assimilated and moved through the cells to give us energy or, or revitalizes or whatnot. It's trying to push those things out. So it forms those um, cysts or tumors, maybe in the, in, in life, um, in those general areas where lymph may be and whatnot. So uh, that those are some of the symptoms that may occur. You know, what I'm saying constipation, diarrhea, bumps, um, urinary tract infection, um, bad breath. Uh, you know, thrush on the tongue. Um, and then we got we got these other problems out here, you know, as far as with these the so-called chemtrails, and then we have uh, the GMO foods as well. So be very watchful and attentive. And this right here will help with the chemtrails, and also will just help bring about a, a state of inner peace, deep breathing, you know, during the normal course of our day. You know, in our day-to-day activities, we tend to not breathe properly. We are, are breathing in what's called shallow breathing, where we're breathing in the chest and our throat. So that means the the normal way of breathing would be deep breathing into the into the, the endocrine system, where our stomach is enlarged and then goes back in, and that will give you exercise to the lower abdomen as well as to the the um to the organ system within the within our uh, abdominal region. So when we're not breathing in that area, we are causing atrophy to those muscles as well as organs because all the muscles and tendons and ligaments are basically uh, connected by what's called fascia. And if that fascia is not strong, then, of course, the the area that is connected to the interconnections won't be strong. And that will also show in our physical manifestation as well. So by deep breathing, we're giving those areas a good, clean massage and exercise and it will also help enforce and um, is one of the best ways to receive the life force through our, into our body is by breathing. You know what I'm saying? Eating good live food is a good, is a 
optimal way, but one of the best ways is through breath. You know, so so um, deep breathing it doesn't necessarily have to be meditative, but just in our day-to-day activities, learn to breathe properly, and this will also help balance our emotional level as well and relieve stress because by deep breathing, of course, we um, are participating with the parasympathetic nervous system and the relaxation response, which will incur um, melatonin into our metabolic reaction. So when that happens, what's going on is we're going to naturally relax and that's going to release, relieve, and um, a bomb, a, a, what's the word, uh, a bombish, a bombish uh, stress somewhat. So deep breathing formulates melatonin, which is a relaxation, which is part of the relaxation response, but also melatonin is an anti-inflammatory. It's also a free radical scavenger, and it's an antioxidant. So it's going to be doing a lot of things for us and our health by enhancing those, um, by bringing melatonin into the body when we are in the wakeful state. So, it, you know, it, it, that's going to promote harmony or haruman, you know, in our um, walk every day. You know what I'm saying? That balance, that bile ankh, we will be a bile ankh, you know, that's Lord of, the, of our life. And that brings peace or inner peace or tell. I and relieve stress, and that stress again is dark head or dark minded, clouded mind. So when we have a clouded mind, sometimes we need to sit and rest or deep breathe and not necessarily meditate, but just deep breathe. Like when I'm driving, I you know, somebody might uh pull up and they I'm in the fast lane already going seventy five and sixty five and somebody might pull by me like, What you doing, nigga? And I, they want to go night and they get, you know, flash the bird and I just take that deep breath. I, you know, and I relax in it, and it relieves that stress in place of, you know, being overreactive with my emotions and getting behind them, chasing them down the highway, and we have them, we just like smoking the bandit out of it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to end up getting hurt, right? So we, I, we just try to um, balance it by not exerting it through uh, some type of push and pull effect that's taking place uh, in our external you know what I'm saying? So that promotes harmony, and it also helps us receive life force energy as well. And it will also enhance our astral traveling in meditation because we have not um, released the negative emotion in the day-to-day reactions that may occur. So we have a peaceful um, type of astral travel in the sleep state as well as in uh, meditation. All right, so deep breathing. During the normal day, normal course of the day, to deep breathing, you know what I'm saying, that's giving a good exercise to the exercise to the um, lower abdomen and the endocrine system, so it's keeping it healthy, and it's also going to relax us and promote balance and harmony in our life. So that's going to help uh, us receive um, the life force energy in our physical body through the breath and also in our astral body through the mind by keeping and staying relaxed, all right? Preventing the loss of vitality. So how do we prevent the loss of chi or prana, ra, kundalini energy? How do we um, negate from losing? How do we prevent from losing our energy, our internal energy, energy? Um, One of the most important things to promote is... um, 
to know how to handle the aspects of our personality. And remember, our personality is conditioned emotions, learned behavior. So it, it begins especially in the mind. So even like when we go in and we're about to take, on, take in some food, remember everything starts in the mind. Everything is a, a process of digestion, even if it's food for thought. So we have to digest the information in the mind first and then have to go through the cells and everything reacts from that information. And, you know, food, air, but food, water, and air is essence or gene, what they call it in Chinese um, principles. But this essence is where that's basically the vitality, that's the intelligence that's on a physical level. So the food, water, and air first must be assimilated properly in the mind. So what we think in at the time of our ingestion is going to affect our digestion. So when we take it in, we have to notice what's on our mind. So keep a peaceful state of mind, be in a peaceful uh, place. So, you know, sitting somewhere with good music, a candle lit, you know, something like that. So our mind is at ease, not at this ease, you know what I'm saying? So when it is properly digested and assimilated, It'll go through the cells properly to feed those cells, those 76 trillion cells, so that the hologram or the hologram, or basically the divine word can get in there. Remember, hologram is, it also goes through the holy text, and also that means holy book, or Heliodibulos, the sun book that goes into Metanetzer, which basically means um, divine word, God or the word of God, so in the intelligence. So inside we speak to the gene. So as that takes place, we got to remember to keep our inner peace, and the inner peace is righteous. That's uh, that's one of the highest virtues is, is peace, but to have inner peace and the external peace will uh, also be produced. And peace is positive energy always creates what? Elevation. You know what I'm saying? Of love, Asian. So positive energy always creates the elevation. And that's what's going to harmonize our inner work with our outer work, that positive energy, inner peace. Uh, and that can't be moved. You know, that's that, that, that water that's sitting by the, you know what I'm saying, the, the, in the Bible, where they say the tree that's sitting by the water stone that cannot be moved. But that inner peace, that's that, that tip again, that's that, um, that smallest grain, you know what I'm saying? So when that smallest grain is there and we notice the indwelling intelligence or the where we are dispatched from, so to speak, where we actualize from our initiation from the nothing into something, you know what I'm saying, from the non-local into the local, when we can go back to that state, that zero state, that that's a source, that's that under, untouched um personification of our higher self, that's the indwelling intelligence. The intelligence that created the body hasn't left the body, remember. All right, so um, this can be accomplished by study and practice. So, you know, teachings of like the mystical wisdom, um, detachment of certain activities, uh, equanimity and all things in life and situations, finding a balance within that, and also developing dispassion. Um, when certain things may appear that we notice, it, it takes observation and not participation. Remember that we have to be uh, active participants, yet we also have to be active observers. All right, so, um, you know, some of the good things to do is listen, like I said, to uh, 
or read good teachings of mystical wisdom, the action, um, pantheons, whatnot, all the way over to like the Bhagavad Gita. I put that uh that one statement up there that was out of the Bhagavad Gita. Um, I'm gonna get the whole joint though right here. I just put a sentence out of it. But you wanna hear it, here it goes. All right. It is oh, it is uh, speaking on transcendence, but okay. Quote, a person is said to be established in self-realization and is called a yogi or mystic when he, is fully sat- when he or she is fully satisfied by virtue of acquired knowledge and realization. Such a person is situated in transcendence and is self-controlled. He sees everything, he or she sees everything, whether it be pebbles, stones, or gold, as the same. So there's no indifference. Basically, no likes, dislikes, or indifferences. We all, through the personality that's been formed, you know, by the time we're seven, we uh, develop what we call likes, dislikes, and indifferences. So indifferences mean basically I don't give a fuck about it any way or another. It's just whatever. It's like, you know what I'm saying? So but we, the likes and dislikes is like, you know, I like uh, coconut. I don't like liver. You know what I'm saying? So we'll keep telling ourselves these things when it really don't matter. You know what I'm saying? So that's uh, finding indifference, well, finding this passion in our um, likes, dislikes, and indifference, where we're not even, it's, uh, it's zero time, you know what I'm saying? It, and it, it is zero time again. It's getting closer and closer. If y'all haven't felt it out there, you know, it, we're getting closer to that primordial dot within the circle that is expanded, you know, that contraction and expansion that we call Um that dot in the middle is the expression of that first cell, but also that's that tip or that black hole. That's that nothing state, you know what I'm saying? It also can relate to um, the ogdad or the um, what we call in science now mitosis, where we have the eight um, primordial cells that are still attached to the sacral region in our in our um, um, meridian system or within our um, melanated chakra system, whatever we want to call it, um, but that those eight cells, those primordial cells are the originating aspect of the physical body, and it's still there, but in um, the ancient mystics, we called it, um, we called it the Odad, which was Tehuti, or in that principle, one of the, um, I guess you could say, uh, axioms of Tehuti is from one, I came from one, then I was two, and then I was four, and then I was eight. What that is really what that's speaking on is the um the eight cells, the original eight cells of the blastula or the condyla, where we get the word uh kundalini from, is it's really speaking on those eight cells, but those eight cells in the ancient pantheons of the comedic system or and that means that is basically Amun, Nun, and K and He. And what that is saying is the hidden Ankh, I mean Amun is hidden. Um, noon is the abyss or the deep abyss, the primordial waters. Um, hay is infinite, and K or Kek is dark. So it's the hidden, dark, infinite um, primordial waters. And that is uh, basically, that's our originating self, that arc, that light, you know what I'm saying? So that symbol, when broken down into its uh, aspect of an A in um, HK 
it's talking about those um, eight primordial cells of mitosis as well. You know what I'm saying? You know, how ancients were, they break down things in a allegorical way so that the young can see it from a more imaginative aspect in place of just saying some crazy scientific jargon that really has throw somebody off of track. But the symbol is there to enhance it within the DNA, and then when it's expressed in the uh, logical sense, like through the words, then we have left and right brain activity and enhancement of um, different aspects of our inner self or what we would call the ancestral information that's within the DNA so we won't be led astray by these distractions in the physical reality that are partially ancestral information as well. It's nature matter, though. Intelligent matter resides within all things. Nature matter is what is taking place in front of us as we see it in nature. The nature part also has to be um, somewhat retransformed into what we call divine. Remember the word nature derived from ancient metaneta, and that word is netir again, netir, netir, nature, and netir means divine. It means sacred or holy. So when we're looking at nature, we have to go back to the intelligence that it derived from, not just looking at it in the way that we see it and operate in the yeah, as a function. I, um, so these are some of the following areas of our life that we may need to look at very closely in our day-to-day so that we may not, so that we won't lose that vitality, that energy, you know what I'm saying, that energy and I, while we're doing our inner work. Because um, these are sources of, lo- of the loss of the vitality through, the human, through our human personality that has been personified or formed by learned behavior and um, conditioned emotion. Right, so we need to watch our agitated mind. That will uh, that can uh, minimize our internal energy or our vitality. Worrying, you know, so that can uh, also minimize the anxiety. Right, uh, vain imaginations and fantasies. You know, what I'm saying when we uh, when we have vain imaginations, words insisting on something that may not be touched. Like I. I wanted to be a skater, but it's like, you know, be a, I mean, like a professional skater, I would have had to do some extra shit at a young age. And I mean, I, I still skate to this day, but I ain't going out no 12 set. I don't care. I, I just, you know, I'm not going to have, I dream about it. <laughs> but I ain't going to sit here and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be, you know, I can do this, I can do this, because that's vain and I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? Covetous nature where, I, uh, where you know, I might, try to say, this is mine, this is mine, you know, I had to get out the habit of saying, this is my car, this is my house, I just stopped saying it, you know, like, hold on, this is a house, this is a phone, you know, this is a thing of water, it's not my, you know, it's not my mind, you know, so um, negative thoughts, thinking on negative things throughout the day can uh, also deplete our internal energy, Uh, talking too much can deplete our internal energy, talking loudly, uh, can be completed. Um, one of my favorite statements out of the Medjugorje is um, what the house of here just like much of us, is talking. What that's basically saying is in meditation, we are not to have a, a monkey brain or have too many thoughts, which are going to occur in our meditation, but not to sit there and um, dwell on the thoughts. And, so, and so it's, going, it's going to transcend the transitory, yet 
is also the house of Nettiri is the you know the physical body you know where where John not John but Corinthians uh, three sixteen states that uh, that for God and those who defile the temple of God defile God or whatever the body holds the spirit the body holds the intelligence or the breath the vitality so by um, doing certain things like that you can uh, deplete that inner um, energy. Uh, overeating, overindulging in food throughout the day can also deplete it because the body has to do too many things to uh, exercise or to evacuate those things out to take it out. Remember, exercise means one who takes and puts on the on the other side or side size er one x take. So to take one who takes and places on the other side. Um, oversleeping, sleeping too much is uh also depletes energy because the sun's up, we should be up basically, and that's going through the cycle of the circadian of the day. You get a good nap in on occasion when, we, when necessary. When the body really needs to rest, it's going to let it know. It's going to be like, uh-uh, you take a nap or go to sleep. You're not, especially if we're ill, if there's something going on with us, um, causing, causing us to be sick, then we would need to take and rest the body. That, that stress, you know, sometimes we didn't rest and allow the energy to um, circulate properly through the body. Okay, um, excesses of the body could include uh, too much of something like partying and stuff like that, too too much of it. You know, it's okay to go to occasional parties and just uh, do things that may induce, you know, happiness, but um, excesses of the body. Too much of anything can formulate into a habit of what they say. Um, the chi life force cycle in daily life. This is uh, based on uh, Chinese medicine and also the um, circadian of our, our day, the day through the hours. I'm also go, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna go into the metanature by Ron Nestor. I mean beforehand, and I'm just going to try to fuse, but I'm going to fuse both of them in together. Um, so that it, uh, well, hopefully that makes sense. As I do so. Uh, the life force, um, there is no success. Where, first of all, this is uh, chapter 10 out of um, the Metanetta Volume 2. I now, I'm going from, if you want, this is a good uh, way to access those faculties within those, you know, the sleeping, the sleeping giant within, go through the meta-meta initiation, some of those meditations in there. You know what I'm saying? It's powerful. So, all right. All right. So, um, there can be no success in initiation without the proper care of the life force. Attention must be given to its replenishment, conservation, free flow, equilibrium of his modalities and phases. Um, the life force has four modes of expression and phases that have been described in the spiritual literature through the metaphors of the four elements, fire, earth, water, and air. Uh, okay. All right. So the life force is subject to a cyclical alternation of phases in which it heats and dries the body at one extreme, that's fire, and cools and moisturizes the body at the other extreme, and that's water, fire and water, yin and yang, mother and father, mu earth. You know, remember, mu or ma is water, and earth is light or fire, so that's the more, father and mother. 
All right, so in between these are the cold and dry earth and hot and moist air phases. That's the cold and the dry. These also relate to organs. The fire is the heart. That's the huru. The water is the kidneys. That's the aset. You know what I'm saying? So in between those are the cold and the um, dry. All right, so the cold, the fire is the heart, the kidneys, again, it's the kid. I mean, the kidneys is the water. The cold is um, is the um, spleen, that's the earth. The cold and dry is the spleen, that's the earth, and the hot and the moist, that's the air, that's the lungs. Uh, I mean, actually, the cold and the dry is the, um, the liver. Yeah. All right, so, and the hot and moist is the lungs. All right, so the lungs is subject. That's uh, sublimating the energy. That's gaining the breath, you know what I'm saying? Just sublimating the breath or activating the breath properly within the body and not having uh stuck in the, the chest or in the throat and putting it back down to the endocrine system. You know, sublimate means to um, have active control or to be able to utilize certain energies properly. Uh, and um, also with... Um, Cold and dry, that's the liver, that's my eye. So that brings about the balance because the liver holds the blood and then also transfers the glucose into um, the glycogen of the glucose so we have energy that goes within the cell. Cells, that's the uh, liver holds the blood. It also, it also pushes the blood within the body so it goes into the circulatory system properly as it holds it for those few days, the glucose for those 14 days. All right, um... Uh, where we read, excess or deficiency in the generation of any of these modalities results in illness and psychological problems. All right, we see that today in, uh, in general, especially in a melanated community, they've got all type of things out there for us, you know what I'm saying, that makes us want to have excess activities in those things that may cause deficiency as well. But excess or deficiency in the generation of the nutrients, or, you know, and uh which are basically vitamins and minerals to those different uh, areas of our endocrine system within the body may cause illness and psychological problems. The equilibrium of the four modalities of the life force, first of all, through living in harmony with this cycle, as shown in the above diagram. That diagram is on page 191 of the Metanetra Volume 2. I, did, I didn't have, I should have, um, should have uh, took a shot of it and put it on there, but I didn't do that, but is uh, going through the circadian of the day and how it operates with the organ system as well as with uh, those modalities of fire, air, water, and earth, okay, and the deities within those organ systems that reside within, you know what I'm saying? All right, so first of all, through living in harmony with the cycle is shown in the above diagram, and it is the comedic model for thinking cosmologically about physical phenomena. That means... It's, it's the comedic diagram of how to look at something on the physical realm and then how it corresponds to something in the spiritual or cosmologically, meaning the cosmos of universal. All right, so the background material for all the fundamentals, all right, that's okay. So the, the first, one of the first things is from sunrise to 3 p.m. So this is where the fire is being raised and it's at its optimum. Um, what we what we should do during these hours is uh, basically schedule tasks that require effort, will, courage, and ambition. That's heart energy. So we um, use these hours of the day from from sunrise to 3 p.m. 
to go out there and do tasks like first exercise. That would be um, the best way to generate the energy, you know, early in the day. So it's a good point to get the body heat uh, at that at that hour of the day between six and well between uh, six and nine. Um, this is the point where the body heat is beginning to rise above its median point. And its moisture is still supportive of heavy bodily exertion. Although other factors coincide to enable the body to reach its peak exertion towards the late afternoon, this is the best time to take in to taking the whole into consideration. It's the best time for aerobic exertion. The heat generated, besides aiding the body to meet its physiological demands, provides the brain with the fire to carry out our will especially in the areas of enterprise, behavioral change, difficult decisions, self-employment, dealing with difficulties, and so on. So uh, working out early in the day and give you that fire we need to uh, go ahead and get out there and get it, you know what I'm saying, versus working out like at 5, 7 in the evening. If you notice, a lot of people, especially in the West and America, since we got that hustle and bustle going on and we work from 9 to 5, it's hard to get up and exercise, so they might go to the gym after work, after they get off the fire. But what they may not know or being, uh, you know, what they may not be cognitive of is that by working out from in those hours where the body is naturally starting to shut down and, like, the thymus gland, the heart is slowing down, the digestive system is slowing down, everything, all our, the, our bodily systems are, are slowing down and ready to get to rest, it's going to cause it to turn back on for one and try to eliminate certain things in its activity when it should be getting ready to go to bed. So that's going to cause inflammation because the body ain't going to be able to assimilate some of those nutrients again or whatever we're taking in properly. So that's not a good hour of the day to exercise or do any type of harder external movements in that manner. So early in the day is the best time to get up and get it, so we'll also be acquiring that fire that the body needs through hard energy to go out there and exercise our will, you know what I'm saying, to actualize our will, and also will give us um, the fire, like I said, that was, is needed for those physiological as well as psychological demands, so we'll be able to get through certain decisions properly and deal with uh, any type of difficulties properly because we had that hard energy flowing, you know what I'm saying, and be able to utilize it, you know, in those wakeful hours where the sun is up and popping like that. All right, so breakfast should include a protein and followed by a complex carbohydrate. That's after you drink water or something like that, early, you know, juice or something, then get that protein in, you know what I'm saying? If you're a vegetarian, the protein can come in like cassava, yams, uh, Anything like that, soy, if you do soy, you know what I'm saying, organic, of course, none of that Monsanto terminated seeds. Um, we don't want that in our manifestation process because uh, that's already processing and they ain't doing nothing. It's causing all type of dilemmas. All righty. All right. Um, uh, not too much sugar, especially first part of the day. Sugar depresses fire energy or basically it calms the brain. You know what I'm saying? It's not at home because once we put the sugar in, it's in there for a few seconds and then it's gone. You know what I'm saying? That's including honey and stuff like that as well. Um, 
any concentrated sweets early in the day. Later in the day, it's okay, you know what I'm saying? We eat a certain amount of sugar through the day, but we, sh- we shouldn't intake too much of it. All right. Um, mm, caffeine is good in the early part of the day. And back in the, in Africa, still to this day, they um, take in they partake in the uh, what is called the colonet. Early, you know, what I'm saying they chew that, and it gives them soberness and, and increased full um, wakefulness, increasing their wakefulness. So, um, like a good cup of organic coffee or something like that, early in the day, if you're a coffee drinker, is cool unless you detox. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend coffee while detoxing. Because it can cause other um, dilemmas within the liver, because we want to flush the liver and the kidney out. So putting caffeine in the body in that process can um, slow down the, the detox. And for the same reason, um, about the increased full wakefulness, um, avoid sleeping during the uh, the sunrise 3 p.m. unless we need a good nap to regenerate some of that energy. Like if we're sick or something, or we just the body just say take a nap. You know, the body don't lie. You're feeling something, some tension somewhere in the body is based on uh, certain emotions, basically. You know what I'm saying? Emotions build tension. So if the body says rest, you know, that's that stress. That's that tension. So sometimes you need to sit and rest. All right. Um, aerobic exercise is a good part of the day. Also, we went over the Wahe Nagaru meditation. Few times, but that's a that's a dumo breathing and bellows breathing exercise where you pump in the stomach. All right, so that that tightening of the bellows, where the tightening of the muscles or whatnot, that's dumo. But the bellows breathing is when you pumping, so that is going to give you a lot of energy for the at the first part of the day for the day. You know what I'm saying? I do that in the morning as a meditation, and I promise you, I'll be like on go. I you know I don't, I don't you know whatever but by the end of the day though by eleven o'clock it's like automatic shutdown for some reason like eleven twelve o'clock like okay go to bed and you know sometimes I go to bed sometimes I might stay up a little later but my body is like it's like oh god so hopefully we can get through eleven o'clock without me there no those and hope no those yeah I'm like need me a cola that <laughs> a cola can something. <laughs> Keep keep me up and stuff and moving for the next hour. Well, we could. I just, I just, no, it's all insane. All right, so um, the best time for eating dinner is between 1 and 3. It's funny because the other day I was at uh, Dragon Seed, the store at the mall over here, and um, I was speaking to the lady that runs the store and buying some Mother Day presents and stuff, and I, I, she was like uh, she was going to hold my food because she had to do something. I don't know, it's not, not hold my food, but hold the items that I was purchasing. Cause I was, oh, I ordered my food already, and it takes a few minutes for the, um, I'd be ordering this food up here called, it's called a oh, Delicious. It's a um, Korean type of um, restaurant at the mall, but they it takes a few minutes for them to make the um, make the juice that I, I like. It takes about 10 minutes for them to make the juice. I, I don't know what the, I guess the ju- a juice that they use, but they got to break down everything and all that. And I know because I be at home making we make juices here. It takes about ten minutes here too. So I, I so I was like I'm gonna go over here to Dragon Seed and get what I came over to get. So while I was in there, she was going to do something for me that I had to come back in there. But she was like, 
Oh, so you you eat regularly at this time? It, was, it just so happened to be one o'clock. I like, yeah, yeah. If it's uh, lunchtime, I try to eat between one and three. You know, she looked at me like, you like, no, no, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, she looked at me like, oh, these these are. And then right when I was leaving, too, she patted me on my shoulder. She said, "You like so much Oriental and Asian stuff. You need to go uh, out the country and find you good wife." <laughs> I like what <laughs> Okay, I said you silly. I did. I looked up like, what you trying to imply? Okay, flirting with me so much. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, I kept moving. So uh, yeah, you know, so she said you don't need to leave the country. <laughs> you like Oriental and Asian stuff so much. You don't need to leave the country. <laughs> I was like, what are you trying to say about American? <laughs> but you know, that's that was peace though. Um and um yeah, so that is uh one to three is a good time for lunch, you know what I'm saying? And it's important to arrange our menu so the sixty percent of our calories are coming from complex carbohydrates like whole grains, yams, potatoes, cassava, twenty cent twenty percent from protein and ten percent from uh salad vegetables and ten percent from um vegetable fats, all right? That means uh, animal products like fish, eggs, chicken, and dairy, which are not vegetables, should not be eaten. Uh, besides it having an adverse effect on our health, animal protein and fat are greatest dietary sources of cancer, heart disease, and rheumatoid illnesses like inflammation in the bones and all type of stuff. And I noticed that when I started by eating eggs that I got sick. But I, I still eat an egg a week right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to cut back on that. I guess it'll be a happy egg a week in a couple of days. You try to get back to that vegan thing. But it's all good, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's a process. Um uh meat eating by humans betrays the lack of understanding of the interrelationship and interdependence between the makeup of the human digestive system and the food intended for it. If you think about a dog's intestinal tract versus the human's intestinal tract, the dog has like a a six foot no, maybe a four-foot intestinal tract, whereas a human is like 20-something, 30 feet. I can't remember how far the large intestine and small intestine stretches out. But a dog also has canine teeth where they're very sharp. And humans, we have um, omnivorous teeth where they're dull uh, around the edges. So, um, And if we were supposed to eat meat, then we would salivate. We would actually um, see meat or a dead animal on the side of the road and jump out the car and attack that dead animal and, and eat that, drink that blood out of it and just be happy, oh, uh, dead meat, oh, a roadkill, let's eat. You know, but since we don't do that, then somewhere down the road in our, you know, thousands or so years or whatever about the transition here, we've learned to uh, eat meat, even though we don't relish or we don't um, jump at the sight of seeing dead meat. We, we still eat it like a dead animal bleeding on the side of the road. We don't go to it like a, 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 a what you call it, an omnivore or carnivore does. We want that cooked meat, you know what I'm saying? And cooked meat ain't got no life to it at all, no enzymes to uh, activate and assemble the proper assimilation of the body, so that causes um, mucus to build up, and that causes uh, other problems later on in life as well. And I've, I've seen it with my own father when in his transition because he had a lot of mucus drainage in his, in his uh, last few days. But that was a buildup of that, um, what you would call the toxins and the acidity, acidity that had built up in his life started to come out in his lungs, you know what I'm saying? So all that toxicity started building up into his lungs. You know, we've all seen it in uh, cancer patients that's on the brink of death 
get pneumonia or something like that, you know what I'm saying? And that usually is the bridge way to that transition. But that's basically that um those un those unassimilated um nutrients or lack of nutrients that we've accumulated over time by putting certain elements in the body that the body doesn't recognize. All right. So if it was meant for us to eat meat, we would actually jump out the car when we see uh, when we see that dead animal on the side of the road. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Take that home. Don't cook it. Cook what? You know what I'm saying? What you talking about? I'm eating that shit before we get. You know what I'm saying? So um, we are not naturally eat, uh, meat eaters. That's something that we've developed over time. All right, and it, and also we would also um, we we like to put herbs on our food or meat when we eat it. So that right there is telling us naturally we're trying to disguise the taste of meat with a natural element being the seasoning. It's, uh, to assimilate that energy properly, uh, the best time to eat is during one to three. That's lunch. I do most of the time I do a blender. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's in between the hours of um, five and seven when the body's starting to shut down. I eat a light breakfast, but my big meal in my big days anyway, if I have one of them hard days like today, it's usually right around there. I didn't do that today. I did light today twice, but yeah, thanks. Alright, um twenty three and nine. Take advantage of the drying and cooling of the body by scheduling tasks that requires the input from the intellect. You know, that's the logical syllogistic technological side. That's the left brain. So this period of the day, from three to six, from three to nine, or three to six, right here is what it says: it's time to engage in lower intellect activities, that's scientific, logical, and technological. From six to nine p.m. is the energy of the body; it's best suited for the pursuit of the higher mental activities. You know what I'm saying? So that's a good time to meditate, get ready for the bed. Well, you know, six to nine. If needed, the light supper may be taken around six p.m. Um, going to the um, Chinese clock. From seven to, hold on. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's the information coming out of yeah. From toxicity, is that what it is? Oh, from dairy products. Yeah. Also, yeah. Basically, yeah. It's acid, acidosis. All right. So from seven, uh, the with the um, Chinese clock from seven to nine p.m. It is uh, a time. For Protect the heart. So be with the ones you love, family, and friends. Have a light evening meal. It's best to go to bed slightly hungry and do some good exercises like wind down exercise, yoga, you know what I'm saying, or the six hundred sounds. That's a six hundred sound meditation where you transform transform negative emotions into higher emotions. Um, that's good for going, getting ready for rest. Uh, 30 minutes to an hour meditation is good. The yoga is good because it helps relax the muscles and tendons in the body, the ligaments, and gives you a good restful sleep. So your dream state will be good and restful when you have a nice little dreamy time. The real watery out there. All right, the precarious has to find the right teacher and colleagues for safe creative expression. That's dealing with uh, the Chinese plot. Didn't really go into that one too much. I'm going back to the metanetra right here. Uh, the metanetra states from... Um, that hour from 6 to 9, that's, uh, if a light supper is needed or if you want to take one, take it around 6. Again, go slow on the sweets and fats. I um, note that this is the time that most people 
because of the economic status of contemporary, we went over that. Um, they try they in the West. They do we exercise at that hour, but it interferes with the uh, sleep state. You know what I'm saying? And also uh, interferes with the activity of the body that's now naturally going into a restful state, and we're turning the lights back on in the in that house of rest and making serotonin. Um, Produce well, you know what I'm saying? When we should be going to the relaxed mode, we're going to the active mode or fight or flight response. All right, from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m., uh, taking advantage of the remorsing and cooling of the body by scheduling meditational activities at this time. Type of meditations here are like the um, deep meditations where you go to uh, um, like a we're going to go over one tonight where it's past regression or childhood regression meditation where we um, go through um, uh, things that may have occurred, traumatic events that may have occurred in our, in our childhood, and then we relive it somewhere. We'll go over in a few minutes. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, I do that for about 30, for an hour to an hour and a half, and then go to bed and wake up again at 3 a.m. and um, um, do the meditation for 15 to 30 minutes, and if you can, go back to sleep, go back to sleep, because then you'll be able to actually see and work on the meditation that has been acquired, and in the dream state, you can see what the subconscious is giving you, the subconscious or the ancestral energy, the star, and that will you receive your answer through your dream state and through the meditation. All right, so before bed, good meditation, like a deep meditation, Samadhi, going into those, you know, deep meditation right before sleep state, and then waking up again at 3 o'clock and accessing it, going back to the sleep, going back to the meditation, then going back to bed if, if possible. Um, that will help um, dreams um, increasing the interpretation of what, uh, is going on. The meditation will help increase in the interpretation of the dream. Alright. So that's going through the um Caucasian of the day and that's the cycle of the day. So, you know, from sunrise to three PM, um that's the first part of the day. First part of the day, you know, wake up the sunrise, get a good exercise in, you know, some aerobic exercise or whatnot, lift weights if you lift weights. Um, I do Tai Chi, Chi Gums, uh, and things like that, meditate a little bit in the morning. And then after that, um, I go into uh, my day-to-day. I go I go into my activities and, and do whatever I have to do, take care of what I got to take care of through the day. And it seems to work. I've been doing it for a few years, and I'm going from experience and inexperience. It, it seems to be... Um, what it what it is, you know what I'm saying? This is ancestral information, so it's ancient. It's how we were doing certain things back then, and it, that's in that zero time as well, though, because the past is the present of our future. So in the present time, certain activities should be localized once again, even though they're not um, presently known. It, we may should uh, research on some of these things and see how, it, how in our participation of it, how it um, amplifies or how it does not 
benefit us, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, what's good for the goose may not be good for the gander, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you know, wisdom, tahuti, the goose, whatever, you know, it seems to be all right, you know what I'm saying? And the, and the development of the wisdom through the actualization, you know, knowledge is key and it's foundation. Yeah, wisdom is the experience of the knowledge. You know, knowledge is the information. So, the wisdom is gained through the experience of whatever knowledge that has been acquired. And then through that knowledge, we obtain an understanding or overstanding that leads into an understanding, and that develops that inner self, that higher self, you know what I'm saying? So by activating the knowledge through the experience, we gain wisdom. That wisdom is the expression of the knowledge to one who has participated with their observation. So after we have acknowledged the information and we obtain the, the wisdom through the experience, then we gain what some people call the understanding. So basically, we gain a comprehension of who we are in our higher relation of self. You know what I'm saying? All right. And that also will, that helps in conquering that Scythian mentality. All right. So, and that is, um, that was uh, basically that was a guideline of how to go through the day-to-day, you know what I'm saying? Play it back a little bit. I didn't, um, hopefully I didn't skip that and talk about but this is a guideline for correct eating habits right here through the day-to-day. Remember, start the day with some water, something to drink, water, coconut water, uh, freshly juice drink or something, you know what I'm saying, something that's going to help evacuate whatever was going on the day before, you know what I'm saying, uh, lemon or lime juice with water, you know, get the freshly squeezed lemon or lime and squeeze it into a, uh, some water or something, drink that first and then go into your eating and stuff like that. That water is going, like I said, is going to help flush out and evacuate your system before you put something else up on top of it that ain't all the way um, been um, assimilated, especially if we eat late or if we I put something, even if it's food for thought, you know what I'm saying, that meditation is that water. So wake up in the morning, put your feet on the floor, go stretch or something, meditate and assimilate those, that information from the day before properly with that breath, you know what I'm saying, and then drink some water or, you know, go in there. If you drink the water first and then meditate, you might be burping through the meditation. Ah, uh, yeah, experience. Okay, so... um Start the day with some water, coconut water, you know, some type of water, um, just regular water, purified, not re- recommended. Spring water is cold. Distilled water when you're fasting. All right. Um, no overeating. Eat only when we naturally need to eat. All right. The body will let us know when we need to eat. You exercising or inside and doing it, you got to job that requires a lot of energy, even if you utilize the energy like things and driving requires a lot of energy. So, you know, you might want to bite to eat to get that body moving properly and have enough energy to, to go through that drive. But it's a long distance pump. Eat good food, you know, fifty to eighty percent raw fruits and vegetables, right? Food for the body, you know what I'm saying? Um ideally eat one item at a time. Uh, the stomach has the easier time to digest one food at a time, one kind of food at a time. You know, mixing over three to four things in one go be like habit going stuff.
stomach and it tests, you know, the stomach will be like, hold on, where do I break down first? You know what I'm saying? Remember, digestion starts in the mind, so we have to have active control of what we are ingesting before it's going to become part of our hologram or hologram. Hologram means life of the solid mind. You know what I'm saying? Haru um, meaning light, girl meaning silence, but also love songs. You know, as we were speaking on Roger, Prince Roger, Nelson or Nersan last week, and then um, then um, am meaning brain or mind. So hologram or hologram. When we transfer that L to a R, remember L and R are interchangeable in the mental network system of language. So um, that L changes to a R, so we have Haru or Haru, so that's light of the solid mind, and that's how we develop a higher sense of uh, what we are doing by noticing in silence where wisdom is gained through silence, intelligence is gained through silence, or so meditation, light of the solid mind. You know what I'm saying? Meditation don't mean sitting somewhere in the lotus. You know what I'm saying? We, we should have uh, active meditation throughout the day. But that's basically what they call mindfulness, being mindful of what we are doing throughout our day-to-day. All right, so... Um, Eat one thing at a time is is the best way for the stomach to notice and and be able to actively break down and assimilate the nutrients within that item. Um, Drink a sufficient amount of fruit juices through the day. Um, Water consumption will decrease. So if we drink in more fruit juices and vegetable juices through the day, then we won't necessarily need a lot of water. Drink water, though, still. It just amplifies it. We just won't. The body ain't going to be, like, thirsty, like, looking for water. You know what I'm saying? After juice, after juice. I've noticed that here lately. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I eat a, a 80-20 anyway, so it's like I eat salad through the day. So that's watery. But the juicing alone is like, you know, I'm get up a juice. I juice again. And I don't want nothing else to drink through the day. I don't even, I'm good. My mouth ain't dry, you know, no fresh, whatever, you know, throat clear, and got good energy, you know what I'm saying? Um, ideally, we should not drink while eating. Drink before 15 minutes, 30 minutes before, and an hour, and up to uh, 30 minutes to an hour afterwards. Drinking while eating will also obstruct digestion, because we're putting fluids on top of solids, and one of them got to, the, the fluids are going to, it's going to go through the stomach a lot faster. But if it's food and water at the same time, then the stomach got to figure out what's going on. You know, it's like trying to read two books at the same time with the brain. You can't, it's hard, you can't read two books at the same time. Yeah, I, I've tried. You know, I got to put one of them. You know, I, don't, I mean, I, I ain't talking about like reading two books like a, in front of me at the same time, I'm talking about like I'm reading one book at one part of the day, and then I read something altogether different in another part of the day. I get confused. And I, when I study, I might do that, but if I'm reading something like that, you know, when I study, I'm reading out of books that I've already read. But when I'm reading a book that I've never read, I can't read two books at the same time. It's hard to digest the information properly. All right, so basically, um, Eating and drinking at the same time is not recommended. 
all the food. It's called mastication. Truth for itself. Oh, yeah. All right. That's black. That's not mastication. All right. Uh, true all foods. <laughs> Maybe I got to. I didn't chew my food properly earlier. I was talking. That's right. Don't talk while we eat. That causes indigestion because we're putting air in the lungs. The air, well, we're putting air in the esophagus. The air in turn goes into the stomach and the lungs. So what happens when it gets in that part of the body is going to obstruct digestion as well because we're putting air and food in at the same time. And it's like, hold on, whatever's that just hit my stomach. So the body's like trying to get that air out of it. You know what I'm saying? All right, so uh, don't be said talk while we eat. My mom, I didn't know what she was meaning, but now, you know, and also to a food mastication 30 to 50 times, drink your food, then and um, eat your drink. All right, so that means when we're drinking our food, that means we should have a lot of fluid or a lot of saliva build up in our mouth. So you take a bite of the food and just chew it until it's almost so fine, there's a lot of saliva in our mouth to where when we swallow it, the food's already got all the enzymes that it needed through the amylase and um, um, protease that's developed in the molar, the PMGs, I think it was called the uh, molar joints, something like that, but it's the, the back teeth right here produces the enzyme amylase that breaks down um, carbohydrates, you know what I'm saying? Um, proteins are broken down within the stomach, you know what I'm saying? That's why we eat that last, and that's pepsin. That's the protein. I mean, that's the uh, enzyme that breaks down breaks down the uh, protein. But um, since it, since carbohydrates are broken down in the mouth, and there's some, that's some simple, complex carbohydrates, since those are broken down in the mouth, we should eat the carbohydrates first because it doesn't take as long for it to digest. And then we should eat the proteins last because it's going to take two to three hours for most proteins to digest due to the um, amino acid chain is longer than it is in the um, this simple or complex carbohydrates. All right. Um, for 30, 50 times, chew your food. Chew your food. Oh, you saw what you got. Like, I remember my grandma used to smack me. And I'm like, why do you smack me? I'm going to choke. All right, so yoga, exercise is good to um, to um, keep um, that proper energy going through the um, our daily diet or eating habits because the yoga exercises, like when we're breathing in and out and doing certain postures, is going to enhance the digestion. Like the the um the domo's breath, I mean the bellows breathing when you pump in the stomach and breathing in, they called the um the cobra or the um the ra breath, where your stomach goes all the way in, that increases digestion and also produces enzymes that's gonna break down those foods properly or whatever's been going on in the cell. Um, breathing exercises daily. By breathing, deep breathing, that helps with the um, digestion and eating. Well, it helps with the proper flow of the energy within the body, you know what I'm saying? And it helps cultivate it. So obtaining, retaining, and cultivating that energy. Breathing exercise daily. Don't necessarily have to be meditation, you know, any type of deep breathing exercise that's going to develop uh, 
a high sense of awareness and also bring about the correct um, metabolic exchange through the cells. That is an enhancement of harmony and brings peace through the body, inner peace. You know, so remember, body means um, to contribute to the soul. You know what I'm saying? By the soul, indeed, means to contribute. So the body is a vessel that contributes to the soul. You know what I'm saying? All right, so food for the mind, that's, the, you know, that's one of the best ways to express and enhance the uh, Shekim or Ra, life force energy, spirit within the intelligence by letting that intelligence eat some good information, you know what I'm saying, get that positive reflection going out there so and that will promote the, a good flow of that energy through the circulation system, through the respiratory system, and through um through every system of the body so we have balance, 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 Lord, or master of our life, balance, will be the master of your life, but bring that harmony, her, her mind. Again, heart is a mountain, or it could be in haru, you know, of course, haru, life, the mind is uh, to sublimate, which is uh, have self-control. So the life that has, um, that is, um, to control, to self, to have control over your life, basically, or that, that intelligence. But be at one with, to sublimate the life, you know what I'm saying, to intake the intelligence, to sublimate it properly. All right, and that will help, that will help with enhancing your, um, the life with energy. Um, being nonviolent also conserves the energy for most harm. Food for the soul, meditation, practice meditation on a day-to-day. This allows, that means quiet time for the mind, you know what I'm saying? You know, when we meditate, that's when we magnetize or we actually are gaining an actualization of our manifestation. Meditation brings about an exchange of the external and internal energies to where it becomes balanced. By becoming having a more um, arena of thought, and by accessing and developing our inner energy by breathing and acquiring more breath into what is called what some call science called the second brain. They know scientists have noticed that the heart actually um, gives more energy, electromagnetic energy than the brain, as well as uh, they also noticed that the sacral region, the intestines, and the prostate and uterus area also give soft and uh, builds more energy than the brain. So they call it the second brain. And this brain, when we blocks the, um, these, well, what we call the melanated centers or the chakras, when they're blocked, because we have, when we have an obstruction of breathing, that means the breath is going to be in our chest again and in our throat. So if the second brain isn't getting enough uh, breath or intelligence, then it becomes, uh, it goes through atrophy basically again, and it becomes weakened. So it's not going to have the correct aptitude of thought or whatever in that second brain. So it's going to be chaotic in that area, so there won't be any balance within the higher chakras or the higher um, realms of our of our own being, our inner being. So the heart chakra throat, the chakra or the center, as well as the um the territory 
you know, in the Thomas gland, these areas, that would be the thymus gland, the, um, the um, I mean, the pituitary gland, I mean, the hypothalamus and the, oh, what's right here? The parathyroid and the thyroid, yeah, parathyroid and thyroid glands and throat, thymus gland in the heart region, soul plexus region, the um, pituitary gland, third, third, first eye, and the palmar gland, that's the crown chakra. If the energies within the lower chakras is being uh, is stuck because we're not breathing properly in those rounds, then that emotional level there in the carnal level, the um, the survival level will be at a higher um, uh, level of what we call low vibration, and that's the, the sexian mind state of the chaotic mind state because our emotions are not moving up back to the heart center where we have balance and then we can be infused within our um, throat center as well as into the plexus of the pituitary palmar glands to be able to go back into that sacred marriage, the hirus gamos, what it's called, you know what I'm saying, through the opus magnus, what it's called, the great work. You know what I'm saying? Because it is a great work. It ain't like it's easy to do this. We you just can't wake up in the morning, especially in this day and time, and be like, I'm going to deep breathe. You know what I'm saying? There's so much going on. You know, the breath is depleted with every type of lower emotion. You know, just imagine, like if I, earlier today, I thought I lost my wallet. You know what I'm saying? So as soon as I thought I lost my wallet, I lost my breath. I almost lost my mind. I'm like, oh, shit, everything in my life. Where's my wallet? You see my wallet? You see my wallet? I couldn't breathe. I'm like, what my? Yeah, I said, take a breath. I was like, hold on. You know, I had, I had to go back into that inner, inner state, you know, not the inner state, like the highway, but anyway, I had to go to the higher self. And like, hold on, am I panicking over this not lost wallet? It's, it's the last place we look. That means the last place I left it. So, you know, they always say it's always going to be the last place you look because it's always the last place you left it. But basically, I took that breath and then I said, oh, yeah, it's in the car inside the, you know, the middle console where I put it when I went to the store. And I'm over here looking everywhere, like, in the bag, the garbage. And I threw away something. I, I threw away something that didn't need to be in the garbage. But I, I, and then I'm like, hey, it ain't in the bag. It ain't in my food bag. Yeah, it ain't in my, well, my man bag. It ain't in my man bag. It ain't in the bathroom. Where's my water? Where's my breath? You know, I ain't know where I started to lose it, but then I, I regained focus and I took a deep breath. Let my, you know, lower intestines and everything get that breath back, that intelligence back, and it said, oh, yeah, stop being so over-emotional. You didn't lose nothing. This is a car. So sometimes we need to take that breath to access those energy so it won't be blocked down there and that, you know, that, that anger, aggression, or that, uh, uh, sadness, uh, worrying, uh, you know, that's within the spleen. Um, worrying is within the spleen. Uh, sadness is within the lung. Anger is within the kidneys. Um, 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 I mean, anger is within the um, liver. Um, fear is within the kidneys. So and the heart is uh, dealing with overjoyfulness. But if these areas is, is abundant and that is because of the lack of oxygen, and it's not breathing properly, then those areas can have overabundance or an overindulgence in that expression of that lower emotion. So, you know what I'm saying? We get angry, what happens? 
our breakfast is stuck. We get angry like, oh, what you call my mama? You know what I'm saying? We're ready to kill everybody, you know, but we lose our breath, so we start losing our mind. You know, when we get sad, what happens? We start, we start breathing too deeply, and we lose our breath, so we start losing our mind. So we have to refocus that emotion, that lower emotion. Sometimes it's good to, you know, cry. Sometimes it may, we may need to express that um, emotion of anger. But every time we get that same memory of whatever it was, we should not accept that same emotion because what's going to happen is um, we're going to have a buildup, you know what I'm saying? And it, since we lack in the oxygen flow back to the area of the pineal plant or to its initiation, the point of initiation, then it's also going to be blocking the area of the point of initiation of our process of manifestation on the external because it's all going to be in the lower state. We're going to see things externalized, but it's going to be from a lower state in that lower abdomen, and, and that's that's in that area of our body that we, we need to build up and get to the heart region properly. So deep breathing will help pumping that, you know, the diaphragm down and then on the exhalation, bringing the energy back up will allow the energy to flow properly through the, um, through the organ system as well as through the body. So, yeah, the deep breathing is very uh, beneficial and it helps optimize and balance um, both realms, the inner and the outer. So first, self then the source, you know what I'm saying? Develop the energy then, then we'll see what's going to happen on the outside. All right, um, so practicing meditations on the day-to-day is very beneficial. Um, try to have no more than two major meals per day. Uh, do not eat at lunch simply because it's lunchtime. You know, eat when the body says you're naturally hungry again. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's that ice cream right there. I just ate some uh some of that milk, chocolate ice cream, man, you go get things. It was, you know, regular hit me, regular out. So that's chocolate, too. It was regularly wanting to come right back regularly out. All right, but it's all good. All right, if I do have to, never mind. All right, we're not going to go through that right now. That's not a thought that needs to be registered in everyone. Brain tissue, gray matter, because it don't matter. All right, uh, cocktail. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold up. One minute. One minute. Let me put this right here into play. One. Now. Yeah. I guess we're going to go into um, childhood regression. A little something here. Before doing so, I want to recite again something that Mother my eye has, has stated. Few days ago, a couple of weeks ago, my, last night, yesterday, it was just effective. So I always, we always say something about time. Time is obsolete. Time is illusion, like my brother said. Time is an illusion. It's something we should be playing with. Time space is not really actively functioning the way we see it in the local. You know what I'm saying? Time is something that we um, formulated to be able to see from point A to point B, like winter to uh, summer or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It ain't the 50 seconds for the clock and all that other stuff. That just keeps us in a, a prison state of mind. But, all right, so um, what Mother Ma'at had 
had uh, graced us with is this statement here. Uh, we are not perfect. All we all we are not perfect. We all have imperfections or weaknesses. What truly matters is that our heart is striving for a pure purpose. Mother my heart. I forget things. Um so basically ain't nobody perfect. We all going through a transition, we all seeking some type of change. We all seeking some type of answer. That you know, the first question that most of us have is who am I and what is my purpose? You know what I'm saying? And um last week in my closing I I jotted down something throughout that week that um was on my heart and the last statement is um is there an answer to the impeccable question, the perfect question? Who am I and what is my purpose? Yes. There is a conclusion, and that is you are everything and everyone, and your purpose is to be just who you are. All right, so in being everything and everyone, then that's that interconnection, that's that cord that connects all things in in um our reality. You know what I'm saying? That's that intelligence. So that's who you are, you know. So so as we go through our day to day, we gotta recall that in our imperfection, we are perfect. You know what I'm saying? So we can't get caught up on certain superficial activities that we are because most of the things we do physically is because we want to go through the experience. You know, basically. You know what I'm saying? And and being that we are gods and goddesses. If we ain't had something to do, if we came into it perfect, then we wouldn't have no experience. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't have nothing to experience. So those imperfections are here for us to gain some type of conclusion about our purpose. So we go through these experiences to gain our Godhead. You know what I'm saying? And basically, you know, to have fun, but in that striving for perfection or striving for the pure purpose, you know what I'm saying? We have to notice that basically spiritualize everything. You know what I'm saying? If we if we going through the physical life and it's all about the physical thing, then we're not striving for our pure purpose. Pure purpose is the interconnection of all things. That's the basically like I was saying in that what I wrote, um, you know, the answer is or the conclusion is that we are all and everything. So just be who you are, be who we are. You know, when we ask that question, who am I, who am I, you know what I'm saying, who being the creative will, I'm being, um, you know what I'm saying, basically um, the mother, father energy, you know what I mean? So that's who you are, the move earth, the fire, and the water, you know what I'm saying? So our pure purpose is to purify ourselves and, and basically in that transition, you know, gain through the experience of what it is, you know what I'm saying, through virtue. Virtue means um, through what's right. All right, and then, you know, it was good for the goose and always good for the gander. So do what we do. All right, but that's uh, what Mother Ma'at had stated, you know what I'm saying, but strive for, strive for a pure purpose, you know, even in our imperfections, even in our weaknesses. You know, the only thing that truly matters is that we are striving for our pure purpose. And in that striving or in that, you know, while we're trying to gain 
and attain that pure purpose, we will see through the experience certain things that is going to be blocking us from that pure purpose. Our pure purpose ain't our, the reason ain't the purpose. The purpose ain't the reason. Through our condition, emotions, and learned behavior, some things that we thinking we supposed to do ain't really who we are. Remember, we started from zero, and as that seed grew out and not really up, you know, because the toxic tree. Remember, we went through the experiment of the two trees or the two plants. The one that was fed water and sunlight and good music grew up. The one that was fed beer, weed, and uh, heavy metal and rap grew out. You know what I'm saying? So what was shown to me is that when we get in the proper sunlight, the proper type of harmonies with the um, whatever we are telling ourselves through the, through the exchange of the you know sound, then we will grow up vertically. We will grow properly towards our direction in life. But when we get in toxicity and we're putting in negative emotions and negative sounds, then we will grow out. And you can notice that in the population, especially in America, that we are the highest, have the highest rate of obesity. So a lot of us are growing out instead of up. You know what I mean? So by putting that toxicity into our body is causing us to divert from our natural process of growing vertically. That means through the mind. We're growing outwardly to the physical reality of what's seen. You know what I'm saying? Alright, so um to get in let's get involved with this past uh with this childhood regression. Uh first of all, the conscious and unconscious regression, which is basically what uh takes place through childhood regression or regression in general. Alright, so regression is um it's a psychological um, type of event that takes it. What's going on with uh, regression, it is when we go back to an earlier time period and we go, we relive a past behavior, a past behavior, and that's what is termed as regression in, psych, in psychology. So we we'll go to this time period or to this behavior as a defense mechanism and for coping with whatever stressors that have occurred. So, for instance, um, if you ever notice that you got an ink pen or uh, like an ink pen and you're chewing on it, that's past, that's childhood regression going back to when we had a teething ring or when we was, um, um, being, we was being on our mother's, um, being nursed by our mother, you know what I'm saying, or getting fed by the bottle. Or if you ever notice that we we are cry to try to to cope with a certain stress stressor that is uh been that has been shown in our life, and that's going back into where we um were crying at a at a state when we were a baby as well, and we don't have that pacification, so we cried through it. You know what I'm saying? I we have maybe we threw temper tantrums or whatnot, what they call it. So if you ever notice that you might throw your arm or kick your leg or something, then we're going through a childhood regression to where we are accessing the memory, even though it might not be the same activity that we that took place, but we're accessing the memory in our DNA that automatically registers as that throwing of the arm or kicking of the leg, like when we was throwing that temper tantrum at a young age. So these certain type of childhood regressions happen in our psychology 
due to memory um due to a memory trigger that will that are produced through our personality and our learned behavior that this is conditioned emotions that are not necessarily us. They're not us, you know what I'm saying? Basically, it's just the physical body reacting to a memory. Like the first memory for most men is um, circumcision, you know what I'm saying? So in that circumcision, what they call is a parasympathetic um, reaction where we are um, cope with that. Like if you, if you if men remember, if somebody tried to uh, kick us or somebody get close to our groin at a young age, we automatically move and freeze. We we'll, we'll move and put our hands down there and we'll freeze. You know what I'm saying? We're just stopping our tracks. That's that past, that's that childhood or, or you know, that regression where we, we're trying to stop that person, that doctor, from touching that spot for one and, and cutting it. Because there's no anesthesia that they put on their area when they do the circumcision. So we automatically be like, ouch, motherfucker, what you, I mean, pardon French, but be like, what you just do? So we cry, kicking, and screaming all the way through that. You know what I'm saying? We looking for mama, like, mama, what just happened? That ain't what I was looking for. They just did something to me. I don't remember the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? So we had this childhood regression the rest of our life. We would throw temper tantrums and cry and, We'll lock up somewhere and freeze because now we, you know, oh, shit, we on guard. You know what I'm saying? We're like, oh, boy, that shit hurt the rest of my life. So we, whenever something occurs, you know, it might just be somebody taking a pencil or something like that, we lock up. Oh, wow, now I go through this childhood regression. So notice the next time you've you got a, a pencil in your mouth and you're chewing or something like that or you might be kicking your leg or screaming or something, throwing a fist, then we're going through uh, childhood regression. And that, and if we grown, you know, I'm I'm 50 years old, and I'm still throwing a fist and kicking my leg and chewing on a pencil. And something ain't right, you know what I'm saying? I I really need to get over that. I had a problem with biting fingers. That was like my childhood regression. You know, it's, it's most times the oil fixation that we might do like biting fingernails or um, uh, chewing on something like that, chewing gum, you know what I'm saying? Smoking cigarettes is what we develop into doing after when we get older, as well as uh, other activities that's over fixations, you know what I'm saying, and to get into all that. But um, those things are basically due to something that took place that may have been traumatic or whatnot, you know, when we were younger. So... Uh, Meditation is very good. Deep breathing and going back to that moment that may have caused a, a traumatic, the traumatic moment that may have impacted our life or, or caused some type of influence in our behavior today is a very beneficial way to release that tension and that memory and, um, and can also help heal the body as well as the mind. And I know this for a fact. Um, I personally went through, for smoking cigarettes, I went through a three-week or 21-day meditation where we're going to go over where I saw myself enjoying, the, you know, the smell of it. First time I ever smelled it driving up through um, what we call the plant. It's a, it's a place up here where they make cigarettes. And um, so I'm driving, driving by. My, I'm in the car with my dad, you know, 
So I'm doing the meditation. I'm reliving all that, the color of the car, the color of what, you know, he had on, what I had on, the inside of the car, you know, going, getting deeper to the meditation first and then going to the, uh, the memory of it. And I saw myself enjoying the smell. And I saw myself enjoying the first time I smoked a cigarette with one of my friends, you know what I'm saying? Saw all that. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with it and all that in the meditation. And then the second part of the meditation, I saw myself not enjoying it. I was, it was repulsive. I was like, uh-uh. You know, I don't even, what, what is that? You know what I'm saying? And I saw myself going through it, you know, for 21 days, every day. Next thing I know, when I got out that meditation and the inside, I couldn't stand being around cigarettes. I couldn't. I didn't want a cigarette next to me. And that was just due to the process of what I was telling myself in meditation. Because when we go deep into the, we in the trance when we go when we doing the thing in an emotional level anyway. So by by retracing our steps and going back to the actual time period or that event, and then meditating and saying it didn't happen, okay. So that's where it didn't happen comes from for this this the topic of discussion. That right there transforms that physical activity into a non-state where it didn't happen. All right, so I'm going to go more in detail into that in a few minutes. But um, so meditation is even going into uh, yoga by certain doing certain body postures and then the um, the mantras that's within the yoga, like comedic yoga or semi-twai. Also, you know, we're developing when Dr. Aleem and, and the two of the chiefs are developing the yoga system uh, called Yuvasata Semi-Twai where we're going to have these yoga postures as well. as We got some already as well as the meditations and also the breathing exercises with the um, the matura, you know what I'm saying, or the martial arts aspect. So the martial arts isn't just for fighting something external. It's really fighting the opposition within self, you know what I'm saying. How many fights do you really think we're going to have to get into in the physical reality? Not that many but you're going to have to fight something going on inside all day, every day. And that's even in the dream state. But I know I'm going to have to, my mama going to call me to move the garbage. You know what I'm saying? So I want my physical body and my mind to be able to say, okay, I'll be over there to get this garbage or move this box or to help you clean out this basement or whatever. We're going to have things to do throughout the day, every day, that martial arts or matura, as well as the, the yoga, as well as the meditation, will help enhance us to keep the physical body, the hologram properly, the hologram or, you know, the whole text, the whole message instead of the half message. Because that's, a, that's a, not a balance, but unbalanced. So that means you don't have the Lord of your life, the Baal Ankh. You know what I'm saying? So we want true balance, then, you know, we need to get this deep breathing for one, but also just what we're going to do right here is a good way to find a, a good a good uh, or optimal way to have harmony within our life. All right, so this is coming out of, uh, this is be in volume two of um, the Nether once again by Raul Nefer Amin. Um, now, these meditations right here should be conducted if you, um, should not be conducted if you're on drugs, alcohol, marijuana, or cocaine. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I had to stop at one level when I was doing this. Cause I was like, hold on. I ain't right. I'm not going. So when I got to that point right there, it was about four years ago. 
And I was like, nah, I ain't even know that. You know what I'm saying? And I remember Dr. Ali, when he was teaching us, uh, initiating us to the cobra breath, he said, uh, don't do the cobra breath. Don't do the cocktail cobra breath. Don't be drinking and smoking and doing this, uh, this cobra breath. And I, I, you know, I, I was, at that time, I was uh, I was no longer participating with that, you know what I'm saying, that reality and that matter. So it was cool. I went ahead and threw it 40 days. I did cobra breath like every morning for 40 days, seven seven breaths every every morning, three times a day, seven breaths, 40 days. And wow, on the opposite end of that right there, woo, you said cobra breath in your life, I promise you. Yeah, trust. It is uh, it's powerful. Any type of deep breathing exercise where you're going to like to watch your head and the rule exercise, do that for 40 days, Lord. I promise you. Keep some balance. You see all types of shit just flying towards good shit, though. Good stuff. You know? Especially when we ain't putting anything in that to go negate that. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, okay, so um, when we read out of. Um, this, this is uh, page 216 out of Metronetra Volume 2. Page um, right here. Um, so make a list of all types of shortcomings and objectives or anything that has happened in uh, the traumatic in our life, you know what I'm saying? Then use that to um, discover and use that as a um, template to help discover the moment in our lives where we establish that type of emotional or sensual condition that may be a controlling aspect of our behavior, whether that behavior itself is negative or not, pleasurable or painful. One of the greatest impediments to our overcoming any negative condition is the belief that they represent who we are. The childhood regression or age regression meditation process will lead us to discover and rediscover the first time in our present life in which we sold each belief and behavior. This would help us discover that in most cases, most of our beliefs and conditioning are established in our childhood, the most impressionable and indiscriminate period of our life. You know, we are very impressionable as children. So a major step in the initiation of our spiritual growth is the realization that most of what we believe in ourselves to be representative of adult behavior is from the fact that the majority of adults around us manifest similar behaviors as children because it results from childish perceptions and thinking. Besides, we will also discover that as our behavior was established through the indiscriminate imitation of others, it doesn't represent who we truly are. For example, an abusive husband may discover that he learned to be that way from his father or some uncle that may have a strong impression on him, but suppress the fact for one reason or another. You may you may discover that your fear of falling or you may discover that your fear of fear of failing may have come from some long suppressed incident when you were three years old and when you were belittled by some ignorant adult. You may have been sexually molested as a child or had, as a five-year-old, swore that all men are no good. You no longer remember the affirmation that you gave yourself in the fear-ridden heightened state of receptivity, and you may not remember the event itself. It is there, hidden from you, actively shaping your present inability to relate to men while wanting to very much be involved. 
In addition, to gain the ability to begin transcending our conditions through seeing the childishness of their origin, this process leads us to freeing of a great deal of energy trapped in suppressed emotion. The result is an increase in vitality and healing. Incidentally, the fact that in the comedic version of age regression, unlike that used by hypnotherapists and psychoanalysts, the initiate is identifying their self with Osar or the indwelling intelligence, the higher self, the Godhead, you know what I'm saying, the Ankh, the hidden, infinite, dark, primordial waters. All right, that's that brain, that's that chest, that vortex, that no time, zero time. Uh, the unconditioned emotion. Uh, in addition, in identifying with Osar, the higher intelligence, during the meditation and in daily life, one is able to avoid the ravages of dig- digging up some of the very painful suppressed emotions. Okay. And I know this for a fact, too. I, I did this in a, um, a healing um, meditation where I um, saw myself. I hurt my leg a few years ago, about eight years ago, skating, going off the little set or whatever. I hurt my leg. As soon as I fell, I didn't fall. I just put my foot in the ground too hard, and it tweaked my left knee. As soon as I did it, it was like, I was like, oh, John, I had to play it off. I had to skate back to the car with this bum knee now. So I'm skating back to my car and you know, playing it off like I could still go. Like, it ain't hurt, but I, I felt it. Like, the bones and the whatever else was connected to all that was just out of whack. But that led to... I guess I already had sciatic issues, and that just elevated it higher. But um, that led to me taking four pills a day and all type of shit just to keep skating. It didn't ever heal properly for about two years. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here still alone and trying to walk. And so through the meditation, what I did was I, I relived the shit. I relived the actual event. But, you know, for 21 days, I relived the actual event, and then I saw myself not getting hurt you know, put on the same meditation. But that that's just the part of the meditation. We actually have to do things in the waking state as well. So instead of getting in the car and, you know, we're like, oh, my leg, every time I had to say in my mind, oh, this, I'm, I'm good. You know, instead of getting out of bed, like, oh, my leg, every time I had to be like, no, nah, I'm straight, it don't hurt. You know what I'm saying? But then after about, like I said, one day I, I got up out of meditation you know, I was in the lows. I had to I mean, even get down the lows. I had to tell myself every time, this don't hurt. You know what I'm saying? It don't hurt. Get up. It don't hurt. And then one day, I got up out of that meditation, and I was like, what the heck? What happened? It really don't hurt. It was gone. I was looking for it. You know what I'm saying? I was really like, okay, it ain't there. So, and after that, you just you know, it's that I haven't had that problem. You know what I'm saying? Not in that manner. I'm talking about I couldn't walk. I couldn't for a moment. I couldn't lift my leg, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't even lift it. But, you know, doing certain things, I exercise, I do certain things through the day, you know, through the week. So sometimes I generate pain in the body somewhere, you know, and I just go back to that non-state where it wasn't there, and then the next day it's gone. You know what I'm saying? I really, you know, talking about some pain and saying, oh, this is bad and that, that's going to activate and generate more to that area. So what we're telling our genes or our genetics, where the gene is, what resides in the gene is the um, chromosome. The chromosome holds the, the DNA or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? You got the cell, 
got your chromosome and you got your DNA. So the genetic code is within the DNA. And uh, whatever we whatever we're telling the intelligence, you know what I'm saying? Whatever we're telling it, we're speaking to the genes is going to hold and, and it's going to mesh into that, and then it's going to actually um, produce that in their physical reality. So by saying you know it hurt, it's going to make it hurt. By saying it don't, it's going to eventually, you know, 21 days is equivalent to um, well, 21 days. That's three weeks, right? But it's 21 days and then a, a seven-day process of actually analyzing and going through that, uh, observing what has taken place and looking at it and taking notes on it. So it's a 28-day process, and that's equivalent to the two uh, phases of the moon. So you got the waning and the waxing. So you're getting it in and then you're taking it out. All right, but those two processes of the meditation, this is how it goes right here. So we'll go, you go into trance by chanting um, the words of power, the haikus, ang vang dahong. So basically, that will be like uh, with the breath, how you will do that is you will breathe in uh, for itself. You breathe in, um, well, uh, you're breathing um bomb uh, you breathe first. So you take in the breath. Bomb and then you breathe out after four seconds. So you breathe in for four seconds. Um bomb breathe in the um the um then bomb dong and on the um you breathe out on the dong or the bong dong. So you you breathe in Um, breathe in on the one. Um, so breathe, breathe in. Hold four. Then breathe out. Bong dahong for the remainder of the eight. So we breathe in. Um, and breathe out. Bong dahong. And that is, uh, Power word for that meditation. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Let me make sure. Because all of them have different breaths in and out. Okay, so it's breathing on one, two. All right, so let's regress on that. Let's go back on that. All right, before we progress. And we'll make sure I don't lead you astray on that breath. It's very important. The vitality, get it in right. So you're going to breathe in on for two seconds. So breathe in on, then on the three, breathe out. For the remainder of the eight. It's an eight-second breath. So the one, two is on. So breathe in, one, two, that's two seconds. So on, so on, on. And we'll be making the stomach as flat as possible to the spine as we breathe out. So when we breathe in, the lower abdomen is gently and slowly pushed out. So we breathe out. So we breathe in, we're going to push out the lower abdomen very slowly. So it'll be, um, then we breathe, out, we breathe in, it's pulled in very slowly. 
So that's Ong, A-U-N-G, then Bong the Hong, B-A-N-G, D-hyphenated, H-U-N-G. So that's Ong, breathing in, then breathe out after the two seconds, Bong the Hong. All right. A lot of people be like, I don't want to do them chants. I don't know about that. Shit. That's some devil work. What is that? What are you saying? You know, it's ancestor information. It's opening up that DNA. They're giving you the answer that you're looking for. You, you can look up those. This is out of the Method Nature, Volume 2, by, um, again, Rahu Nephi Men. This is a, the ancient Kemetic initiation system. And it's called, the book is called Anuk Asur. So that means I am, oh, star, I am the Lord of the perfect dark or the Lord of the perfect blackness. You know what I'm saying? I am that test. I am that black dot. I am the primordial waters of nothing. I am the ark. You know what I'm saying? Anuk. Anuk. A-N-U-K. Asur. A-U-S-A-R. I am the hidden, infinite, primordial waters of the abyss or the infinite, primordial dark waters. Alright, so that's the arc. That's I um so you go into trance by chanting that or by using utilizing those power words into in and telling your um genes ong bong the hong. So that's ong two seconds, then bong the hong the remainder of six seconds on the exhalation. So in heaven for two seconds on the ong, slowly uh, produce a large um abdomen. Then on the exhalation for six seconds, long the hung, allowing the stomach to go as close to the spine as possible. So after about 10 minutes of being in the trance, it's going to take about 15 to 20 minutes to get to that level of the trance. You know what I'm saying? Remember, everything is a trance. Trance ain't a bad word. That means training. Basically, it means transition. Remember, train to train is from the Latin word transit, transit, uh, transitive which means, or transit, which means to um, cross over or to transition, you know what I'm saying? So when we are in training or training oneself, we are uh, to trans- the transition within, in meaning within, train meaning uh, transition or cross over, and in means, I mean, in means complete, uh, in means within, and train means the transition, so it's the complete transition within, the crossing over within not the crossing over that's going on outside of us. So that's the inner work. So this uh, trance here is the transition, you know what I'm saying? So when we go into the trance for 10 minutes uh, by saying the bong, the ong, bong, the hong, then you will recognize a feeling of extreme lightness or heaviness and a deep calmness, a pleasurable sensation of warmth or cold. You also recognize, you can also recognize visions, or some type of uh, uh, deep uh, type of seeing, you know what I'm saying, in your inner eye. All right, so then go into reliving the scenario that you want to work on, you know, to in that childhood, uh, for that childhood regression type of uh, thing, whatever it is, like with mine, with the smoking thing, you know what I'm saying, or, you whatever it may be that you want to let go of, you know what I'm saying? That's the good sister said. Um, stay 
stated in her poem, Gabrielle, uh, the complexity of something so simple lurks in the words letting go. So it's complex and it's simple to let go. You know what I'm saying? Just them two words. Them two words say a lot to all of us. You know what I'm saying? Just they're, they're very simple, yet it's kind of complex. You know what I'm saying? First, you got to realize, we got to realize, you know what I'm saying, what it is, you know, that we want to let go of. Because some of the things we, we do, we, we appreciate it because it's getting us to a certain point in our mentality through the, through a personal relation with that objective. You know what I'm saying? So if it is something that you want to work on to let go of, this is a good way to do that through this meditation. So relive the scenario of the first time of, of whatever it is that we were working on. You know what I'm saying? So after reliving that situation, sit in contemplation. You know what I'm saying? In other words, adapt that inactive state of mind with the expectation to be transported to some long-forgotten or suppressed situation in our childhood. So we go to that part in our childhood where this event took place and we actualize it there. We adapt to it. We see everything there like it's first-hand experience, like it just happened. You know what I'm saying? That means we're going to have to we're going to have to see the clothes, color, the color of the clothes, the sensations, the smells. And when you're in that deep state of trance, trance you, it's going to automatically come. It's going to register. It's going to, you know, I didn't remember the color of the, tr- the truck until I went to the meditation. You know, I was like, the inside of the truck. I, now I remember it was brown, you know, because the blue truck were, and I was like eight, you know, or something like that. So I was probably even younger than that when my dad used to drop out the, the um, the plant after picking us up from school or taking us to school, and I would smell the tobacco coming out of there. It was a sweet smell, you know, so I enjoyed it. I, I, I used to like smelling my, I, I get on my dad's shoulders or his back, and I would just be smelling his hair when I was a little bit. I remember that now, you know what I'm saying? I, like, oh, man, that smells good. You know, because he had that, that tobacco in his hair from working in there, you know, all the time. So you, it, would, it would smell like that in his hair, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and that was one of the things I had to go through the childhood regression too to deactivate that memory. But I remember now, and I have you know, I you know, learned to deal with it and control it. All right, controlling that emotion. Okay, so um, after reliving it, then we go into actually seeing the colors, um, the smells, the violent sensations that we experience. Um, Remember how old we were, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then where, whoever was around, remember everything that was going on in that situation. All right. Then I'll say all of these may be recalling to you presently, and then you may have ill feelings that we experienced at that time, too, if it was some type of traumatic experience. All right. So all of the traumatic experiences throw people into trance. So anytime we have a traumatic experience in our life, it Will re-register, it will re-register again through some type of activity, even if it ain't the same thing, but that memory uh, trigger will automatically register something in our personality that will throw us back into that trance mode, and then we'll go into that fight or flight or whatever. Maybe it's that parasympathetic where we freeze, you know what I'm saying, we don't do nothing. We just, like, shut everything down and, and tighten up. All right, but uh, so that moment, 
what it says right here, and that associates everything in the environment at that moment as part of the negative experience. So all traumatic experiences throw people into trance, and they associate everything in that environment at that moment as part of the negative experience. So um, whatever the traumatic experience is, you know, some people like in the military, they have flashbacks or whatever, and it might just be a, a, a car horn or something, somebody blowing a horn, and they ducking up under the car like, oh, shit. You know, bye, you know, whatever, and they just reliving something that's in their um, subconscious, even though it ain't actively conscious, it ain't actively in their um, physical reality at that moment. They just reliving it because they're having that, that they're going through regression. It's not childhood, they're going through a state of regression where they're revoking a memory that already took place and it was traumatic. You know what I'm saying? So anytime they hear a certain sound or smell or whatever, they go through that same operation. So, all right, so after that, after um, breathing for about 10, 15 minutes with uh, Ong Vong Dahong at the Power Words, then we go into um, we go into where we um, relive the situation, be mindful of all of whatever happened in that experience, and then we go, right here, we go into the trance with the haiku on um, Asuhong, all right? Once we are in trance, we relive the same past episode, but see ourselves as Osar. So the Ang Hasur part of the meditation goes as follows. Um, This is the higher self. This is the indwelling intelligence. So the Ang Hasur is um, breathe in on the one Ang. Then breathe out. Uh, so on at three. So breathe in. On on one. Um. Uh, so on. Breathe in out at the also. Uh, so when we get to also, uh, so we're again on um, is one two or that's in one two. That'll be. Um, and you, this can be so vocally, or in, you can use your inner voice. You don't have to do this externally, but you, if you're doing it internally, you don't have to do the the mantra the way I'm doing it either. That might not be the tone you want to use. It's how you feel. It can be just um, also um, but I do it with the tone because I feel the harmony and the melody going through the everything. You just feel it like that. So you know the vibration, the tonality within it. Access to different um, organs. You remember, the, you know, the guitar, whatever, the four string guitar to develop the harp, develop the piano. You know, that stringing of those those uh, those notes actually um, were amplified certain the organs. You know, what I'm saying the first was four, then it was five. But it's, you know, what I'm saying those organs are related to the strings of the of the um, the instrument of the guitar. That's why they the organs are called organs because organ basically means instrument. You know what I'm saying? So sound affects our organ system. All right, so um, also um, so when it's in, it's in um, out after the two also um, and that's breathing Slowly back, the diaphragm will go, or the abdomen, lower abdomen will go as close to the spine on the osseal hum. So that is written 
and then Hung, H-U-N-G. But Hung, So breathe in for two on Hung, then breathe out for six on also Hung. So Hung, Do we in that trance mode with that? We see ourselves as Othar. Remember, Othar got on the all white, got the flail and the crook in his hand and whatnot. If you're female, you're goddess, you have the flail and the crook in your hand. You see yourself with that white garb on. That's the spirit. That's the intelligence, you know what I'm saying, going down into that 99.99% of darkness, the cell, whatnot, the DNA, and amplifying it with that light, that photon, you know what I'm saying, giving it that juice it needs, that energy, the vitality, the essence, you know what I'm saying, the proper information so that you can access your higher self, your indwelling intelligence, you know what I'm saying? So that vortex of energy is that flailing, that crook, that X is formulating and going straight to that chromosome, that X, that chromosome, you know what I'm saying? You know, like we was talking about with that the rebel flag, you know, they run around with the rebel flag, don't even know what they were actually going on, you know what I'm saying? But that's, you know, it's all good. It's all in good humor, you know what I'm saying? Eat good, have fun, and, and build, you know what I'm saying, build the proper reality out here. So, all right, so that on, also on, see yourself as so far, and that all white, you know what I'm saying, but see yourself. Don't don't look at it like we're watching the TV, seeing yourself. Look down at yourself with all white on, and you're holding the flail and the crook in your hand, you're forming that X right there, you know what I'm saying, and that vortex of energy, and know that that's what's going on with the intelligence through that whole process going to the chromosome. Then the chromosome holds the DNA, and that's the genetic coding that will automatically be retransformed, it'll transform or whatnot, you know what I'm saying, and go back to its original state. All right, so relive the same past episode, but see yourself as a thought or a soul, and pay attention to the points of tension in your body. All right, because when we have tension, that's build up of past emotion, you know what I'm saying? So manifest, you know, whatever it is through the mind. Pay attention to points of tension in the body. When the emotion manifests there, notice and then respond to it as you did in the original situation. After that, you know, that means, you know, get angry, cry, whatever, relive it without doing the same thing. Whatever you did in the original situation, though, basically. All right, so pay attention to the points of tension in your body. Then when the motion comes up and everything, because the same thing is going to pop up. You're going to see, like, I'm going to see myself hurt my leg. So when it comes up, that emotion, the pain, or whatever, and like, oh, shit, I'm embarrassed or whatever what the emotion was, um, Automatically will yourself to respond in the the opposite way than what we did in the original situation. All right, so don't get angry if we got angry. Don't cry if we got cry. If we cried or whatever it is, if whatever maybe like smoking a cigarette. Don't enjoy the smell of the cigarette like I, you know in that in that meditation that I went through. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the smell. So in place of that, say firmly to yourself, Anuk Osul, all right? So that means I am the indwelling intelligence. I am the Lord of the perfect darkness. I am the Lord of my life. I am balanced, you know what I'm saying? Anuk Osul. And keep saying that, Anuk Osul. That's A 
A-N-U-K-A-U-S-A-R. I am the Lord of the perfect thought. All right? I am the indwelling intelligence. All right, so after you go through that a few times of reliving it, the same situation several times without giving in to the original motion, then um, it says right here, note that by modifying the memory of the event, you change its present effect upon yourself. Memories of events are not just stored records sitting inactively like papers in a filing cabinet. They are always influencing and shaping the behavior of our present day. You must dig them up and modify them, transform them. Remember, metaphysical language is the retransformation of language or words so that we open up different portals of thoughts, a different a vortex of different ways of thinking. If we stick to the same way of thinking and, and living, then that's all we're going to know. And then, as again, most of us are dealing with a 14-year-old personality because we haven't developed a higher state of consciousness through the awareness of our observation and participation of when we were younger. We normally had an initiation system called the Rites of Passage back in the day, uh, like in Africa, even at, but here in the indigenous, as being indigenous um, beings here in, the, in a, a Moruka or Moruka, we had initiation systems here as well. We don't participate in them any longer, so we develop a a 14-year-old mind at 14, and we haven't went through the passage or the rites of passage, then what happens is we keep that 14-year-old mind. And we know 50-year-old, 60-year-old men and women now, you know what I'm saying, because they, we, you know, it was intentional. They did this intentionally. We have forgotten our way, you know what I'm saying. Remember the past is the presence of our future, and it's the gift that our ancestors have given us. Now, opening that gift is one thing, but using that gift properly, not flushing it down the toilet or saying that ain't what I wanted for Christmas in the first place. I was asking for this, you know, whatever. You know, getting that gift and utilizing it properly, that's the, that's the hard part. But once we get used to it, then, you know, it is what it is. We're going to enjoy it. And, and they, yeah, you know, I, I talk about it, but I like to be about it too. You know, like what I, like I stated earlier, one of the ways we lose our vitality is over-talking. So I, I tend to, I, I'm, I'm implementing that fast, that talking fast, you know, in a month to month, probably bi-weekly. So I might go through it. I, I had to talk this week because I had to do a couple of things, you know, get things activated out here in the Haru state, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, so uh, I'm talking, but we don't have to over-talk. This is my most talkable day, of course, because I'm on blog talk. And, you know, so I do an abundant amount of talking. So it's all good, and I get thanks, you know what I'm saying, because it helps. Because we, we don't want to build up tension in the body anyway, so certain emotion or inactivity of emotion can build up that tension. So crying is good, laughing is good. Sometimes getting angry is good, but doing it too much can be an overindulgence in that emotion because if we do hold it in, it can build up stress in the body as well. So we do need to exert it, but we shouldn't do it all the time because we got to be able to revitalize. You know, so if I'm doing something all the time, like for a man, if I bust a nut every day and I'm giving off 40 counts of blood and there's 777,000 drops of semen and there's 40 counts of blood in each one, 
how much of my vitality am I losing and that I got to recalculate and try to regain? And we wonder why our men have these lower back and leg issues, you know, because they live in this frivolous life, you know what I'm saying? You know, so we get old fast because we utilize too much of our semen or, you know, our vitality, our essence. So, you know what I'm saying? Don't want to do that either. You know what I mean? So, you, you know, there's little stuff that they don't teach us here in the present day that is keeping us digging an early grave when we could be enhancing ourselves and our young to live a prosperous and proper life, you know what I'm saying? Peace, prosperity, protection, and good health. You know, it don't happen overnight, but it's good to know the knowledge so we know the edge. And that edge is infinite. That edge is nothing. So we know the knowledge to build wisdom. You know what I'm saying? The knowledge is the it's the, it's the roadway that builds the bridge to understanding or understanding. So get on that path of knowledge and we'll get to that understanding that's on the other side of the bridge. Through the experience, the experience is the bridge, walking through it, going through these things, you know what I'm saying, activating it, you know, through the application. All right, so um, after that, we all right, so go back to well, I, what we just uh, stated. Note that by modifying the memory of an event, you change its present effect upon yourself. Memories of events are not just stored records sitting inactively like papers in a filing cabinet. They are always influencing and shaping the behavior of the present. So we must dig them out and modify them. Relive the childhood experience and defile them with the understanding that you have acquired as an adult. Do you cry when something goes wrong? That's a leftover emotional um, condition that when we were an infant and had other means that we had no other means of communicating the discomfort that was perceived through the threat. All right, so after 20, 30, 50 years and several thousand words and ideas later, why are we still communicating through the mammalian brain? The mammalian brain is the emotional brain versus the R-complex or the reptilian brain, where that's the, um, that's the essential brain where, you know, we're dealing with the way some smell, the way some look, you know, how we move and, you know, function with our feelings and everything. I, um basically the root software, active part of ourselves. But that can be very controlling once we get so caught up in with the sensual gratification offered. All right. Um, the Ang also Hong meditation aims to begin, aims at beginning the process of identifying ourselves with also the indwelling intelligence. All right. So it eventually leads us to the realization of the Godhead, the God within, the inner God, the inner intelligence, the the uh, parts of the infinite, immortal, internal, um, hidden light of the intelligence. All right, so it is that presence, the source of the consciousness you feel as yourself. All right, so that presence has always been there. It's the center of your being. This awareness, this consciousness, once built up, will play a major role in preventing you from knowingly doing anything that is not virtuous or right. Success in this meditation can be facilitated through the use of jasmine oil or incense, wearing blue clothing. Clothing blue is very receptive color, and it helps with bringing in the active energy that is needed to process that through the day to day. All right, lighting the room with a blue lamp. This 
be done um, once a week between 8 and 10 p.m. It should last from 30 to 45 minutes. Now, this is once a week between 8 and 10. I say once a day for 21 days. You know what I'm saying? Um, the good Dr. Eileen, we was having a conversation on the horn on the jack the other day, and uh, he had mentioned that he was going he was going to do uh, a detox that involved some herbs. I say he takes it to me. I'm gonna let y'all know what that is real quick. Like, um, hold up, let me get to it. The herbs are. I know it's seen on one of them, Goldenseal and Cascara Sagrada. Sagrada. So that's Sina, S-E-N-N-A, Goldenseal, and Cascara Sagrada. C-A-S-C-A-R-A-S-A-G-R-A-D-A. Those are a good flush, a good detox. And he was over there in the islands, and the brother that mentioned to him, and he, he going to talk about it, but he said it's called washout. So he going to, you know, he didn't talk about it, but uh, but he said you got. He said the brother was like, uh, "You need to wash out, man. You need to wash out. You got to wash out. Make sure you wash out. You know, every month, at least once. You know, what I'm saying detox. You know, or do an enigmatic or something. But this right here is Cena Golden Seal and Cascara Sagrada. All right, so that that's a good detox, but um, at least once a month. All right, and um, so he was saying in 21 days he was going to do that. Place of what the the dude the brother probably I think the brother said three days or something like that you know what I'm saying but so that 21 days and then the eight days to refocus and see what you know and analyze what has taken place you know that eight days I, I mean seven days prior after I mean post those 21 days that will equal out to 28 days and that's that 14 14 day of the cycle you know what I'm saying of the moon you know what I'm saying okay so. It most likely that you will have completed the other sign. Oh, no, don't worry about that right there. Um, due to the nature of trance in which the, in which the will tends to be vacated and is invoked too strongly, it tends to weaken the state of trance. It is highly recommended that these meditations be performed with the assistance of a friend. Best, of course, is someone of good character whom you trust and definitely someone who is also going through the initiation. Besides, being of great assistance to the meditation process it will add true depth and meaning to friendship or marriage, and if your partner is your spouse, that is if your partner is your spouse. The helpmate will assist by cueing you to perform your visualizations and remind you of the subject of your visualization, remind you to chant and stay focused, and also and also help you not go to sleep. All right? Because some people will go to sleep in meditation real quick, like in a hurry, at night like that, especially if you're doing it for 30, 45 minutes to an hour or time. Um, so speak calmly and not too much if you're helping and be, uh, before assisting anyone, a helpmate must perform the meditation so as to know from experience what is to be done. All right. So allow someone that, that, that may assist you. If you're going to have assistance, if you need assistance, guard yourself. Um, allow someone to go through the meditation for that 21-day process to see what it's like and know what it's like so they can express the information to you as well. I'm doing that right now somewhat. I'll be a helpmate for a night. You can come back to this and go through it, you know what I'm saying, and, and uh, listen to what I'm saying 
Hopefully I had a calm voice and I wasn't talking too much. Oh, Lord, yeah, I was talking too much. So don't use me as a reference point or attempt. Of course. All right. So if you had <laughs> in that aspect, I mean, some of it, you know, cut it in. I don't know. But anyway. All right. So that is um, the child regression meditation. Go back to an event that took place while we were children. You know, it don't necessarily have to be childhood regression. It just be a traumatic event or something that you would like to let go and to say it didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So just go to that point, wherever it is, and realize that it's not the point. So what's the point? The point is that test. That's the vortex. That's that zero point, zero time. That's where the nothing exists. That's the, your true inheritance. That's your gift. Your gift is not placed in this, in this local time. Your gift is not in time space. You know what I'm saying? Our gift is infinite, so therefore it cannot be regulated by time space. That's physical. That's the operation of the physical. Our, our gift is that ankh of balance, the Lord of your life, or the balance. The ankh meaning, again, when we break it down, that's the primordial your world. The ankh is the, also the the eighth um, original cell, you know what I'm saying? So that's that mitosis or whatnot that resides in the sacrament region. All right, so those eight original cells from one to two before the eight, the axiom of uh, the maximum of Saruti. All right, so those, that's Ankh. That's a moon, nu, um, ke, ke. So that is equivalent to hidden, um, primordial water, dark, infinite. So it's the infinite, hidden, dark, primordial water. And that's that black dot. That's that vortex that um, infinite, dark, hidden, primordial water, all right? Go back to that zero point, that infinite moment, you know what I'm saying? There's always, that's your soul, basically. That's your indwelling intelligence, the first cell, Kael, you know, the spirit of God, the spirit of your indwelling intelligence. Go back to that moment where there's no emotional conditioning, no learned behavior inside of the meditation. So when we tell ourselves we are Osa, Anuk Osa, in the second part of the the regression meditation, then we're telling ourselves that we are that point. You know, so so that's the point. What's the point? The point is your indwelling intelligence. That's your inheritance. Your indigenous self is your inheritance. That's the sovereign. That's the higher self versus the straw man, the lower self. You know what I'm saying? So within that um, that symbol of of uh, the crime or the indigenous cosmic golden red Machetek, the eight pointed star is a black dot. You know what I'm saying? So even using that as a mood or, or as a um as a, a I mean a mandala or as a symbol of meditation can enhance that process. So you could use the jasmine with the blue light and then draw that eight um pointed star with the dot in the center and focus your energy and your, your eyes on that as you go into meditation. That black dot is going to manifest right there in the center, and, and that's going to open up that portal. And the more you do it, the more activation you're going to have to that point. So that's the point. You know, so in that dream, when I seen my pops, 
or whatever. He was like, when Series A and Series B, Series C is the tip. That's the um, that's that's Haru. That's the um, the dwarf star that imploded upon itself and then gave this energy that's coming down the streamline, the magnetic streamline that's formulating the reality we have here now. So if somebody asks you where something comes from, but how we get TV, we got it from Series C. You know what I'm saying? Or we just coming down that magnet. You know, how we get to radio, how we know we can fly, or I'm telepathic or levitating, how I know I have telekinesis. How do we know that we had these advanced abilities and these advanced technologies, but where did they come from? Because we were doing it on the other side of that sun that we got out there, that light out there. And that's an illusion, too, that whole ground. All right, that's a hologram. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the the message we're getting is from that. The information we're getting is coming through that, but the word that that portal is from is that black dot, that that flat surface, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know and that go into the flat world theory and all that, but internalize that information, spiritualize it, allow it to go back within so that you will see who you really are truly within, and that's that grain, that tip. So in that dream, when Series A and Series B is right there in line with the sun, look behind these rocks right here and into the temple and you'll find your treasure. So look into the physical, the rock, you know what I'm saying, the physical rock, locate that black dot, that temple or whatnot, the point, the seed, ball time more, you know what I'm saying, bar, change that L to an R, ball time more, so that will be the grain of the beloved land, the beloved land, the physical body, Tamare, also the earth, the water, and the fire, Tamare, so the beloved land, so that that bar is the seed, that's the tip, that's the smallest grain, that's the black hole, the vortex. So by doing this uh, regression meditation and going into the first part is seeing yourself doing it, have fun with it. The second part, or having hurt with it, if it's something that you enjoy having fun with it that you want to let go of, if it's something that you got hurt doing, or it's a traumatic event that's causing dilemmas and, and type of things in your life now that you want to let go of, anything that you want to let go of, you want to say it didn't happen, then go into it, experience it all over again, and go into it um, with the Ankh, I mean with the Anuk Osur, and then saying that you are the indwelling intelligence and that nothing will move you, you are that tree that's planted by the still waters, then, you know what I'm saying, see yourself as also and access it in that manner, and it didn't happen. All right? So that that's the tonight's discussion. Before we close, on something I wrote a couple of seconds ago. Yeah. I wrote it a few seconds ago. It goes as follows. The expansion of time of race has left and arrived. We are in the midst of now, eternal. The ending and beginning unified as nothing, this infinite moment of truth. How to touch, smell, hear, taste, and see without belonging to the sense apparatus. This beauty of detachment may cause a rearrangement of feelings from what seemed to be true to the ultimate agreement that awareness one's consciousness of life in the flux of experience. All right. 
Uh, okay, we're going to close right now. Um, that was, I know it's 11.52 on my clock here, you know, been at it since 9, and it was, I went over a few things. Give thanks, you know what I'm saying? Um, going to play a song or two on the fade out. All right. Peace, prosperity, protection, and good health. Yeah, yeah. scientific breakthroughs, unveilings, spiritual revelations, the openings. That's fine. Hijacking the mind. What? Aluminum bonds. With intelligence. Rewind the message. Merry Christmas. 13 indigenous immigrants. State of the unison. Addressing nothing. Foundations can ruin. Level to level. Fuck the embezzlement. Tales from the crib. Hitting blood rituals. 50 scores flying over California. Vacation. Flying dragons. Swords and daggers. Lions and tigers. Gotta get my parents or parish into raw flesh, vampire, vegetarian, I'm a malnutrition, chemically imbalanced, Ethiopian, inhaling Kush, blue projects get pushed, mold with the bush, standing on the middle line, no defining, swirling dervish, in between space and time, just a fix Tuesday, another news day, north, east, west, south, west, not here to confuse the day, just a fuse the way, another just a fix Tuesday, just a fix Tuesday, another news day. 